let's go down to ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome back to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast we're here with you for episode number 132 here on monday june 3rd 2019 we're here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling as always i'm joe Morata alongside michael quinn how you doing there, michael howdy diddy how's it going quinn not good uh it's it's time it's time for more show it's time for more show folks we're gonna show you some really interesting topics and uh, we yeah, have definitely this time a doozy of a review planned yeah. for you uh but before we get to any of that thanks for being back with us here hey if you have a twitter and you haven't followed us yet you may do so if you want to at ovp podcast and you can also email us at ovp podcast at gmail.com that is vp podcast at gmail.com but probably, I'd say, the best place to talk to me and Quinn and a bunch of other retro wrestling fanatics is over on our Facebook group, Quinn. Yeah, over at Facebook.Fanatics. Yes, that, that's, that's what it's it. called. No, no other <laughs> stuff at the end, just Facebook.Fanatics. It's easy this week. Very it's, easy, folks. Those fanatics is really a long dot after, you, you know what I mean. Yeah, I got it. Anyway, you. over at Facebook.Fanatics, um, there's a fanatical search bar. There is, yeah, it's great. It, it cackles, it, it dances, it does a lot of things. Cackles? You go to that search bar you type our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast and then bing bomb boo kaflui and the series of tubes and then it gets there and yep. the request is there the operator's like cool and then they say you're in and then once you're in you can talk to me and quinn and a bunch of other people you can post questions pictures gifts start a debate if you wish you know you can do a little current a little retro if you want uh, whether you've been a fan for a really long time and maybe you've watched only one promotion or what? maybe you like everything or maybe you're just getting into older wrestling. We have that, too. Some people haven't watched the current product in 20 years, but they love the old stuff. Whoever you are, come to the group. Have fun. The whole point of this group is not to yell at each other and be dicks. No, honestly, there's enough of that on the Internet. We just try to have fun. There. There's so- enough of that in wrestling. <laughs> there's <laughs> enough of that in life. Yeah, really honest. Uh, but if you want to come over to the middle school lunch table, as we call it, of retro wrestling groups, you'd be more than welcome there. So that's Facebook. Also, Quinn, later on in the show, we're going to have some info about our Patreon. We do have a Patreon. It's not a, a get-rich-quick type of deal here. Not a step-toe or whatever. Not step-toe and son. Not even Sanford and son. But if you want to support the show, you can do so at patreon.com slash podcast. More info coming on that later, but go check it out. See if you like any of the tiers. But, Quinn, this season, what we've been doing here, we have a new segment, as we often do, always do, actually. Oh, always, really. Yeah, to open yeah. up a new season. We started it last week. And we're basically taking your questions, folks. So if you want to go to the Facebook group, there's a post there where you can add your questions to a spreadsheet. Wow. (laughs) A whole spreadsheet. A whole spreadsheet. And maybe we'll get to it. And the whole point of this one, it's called Should They Have? It's a hypothetical. Like, should they have done this? And maybe it's something they didn't do, or maybe it's something they did do. And it's like, should they have done this, right? Like a mail bag of sorts. Yeah, it's a bit of a bag. There's a small bag. A bag of mail. (laughs) Yeah, it's a bag of mail. And uh, I'm pulling this one out of the bag of mail today, Quinn. This question is from Mike Miller. And what he wants to know is, should they have put Owen Hart in a bigger feud with Shawn Michaels between Survivor Series 97 and WrestleMania 14 following Montreal? Yes. Okay, yes is the answer from Quinn. What about Uh, you? I'm going to say yes as well, and okay. we're going to get into it a little bit here. So the backstory on this is pretty easy. 
Bret Hart was screwed. You know, they screwed me. They screwed. Sean was in on it. Everyone was in on it. You know, the whole thing. You know, I always uh, appreciate what WWE's done for me, and I'm on good terms with them now, and I'm pretty respectful of um, of the company and whatnot. But uh, I never forget what happened. Yeah, no shit. Brett's wife yelled at Triple H, as we all know. So safe. <laughs> it sucks, you know, and that yeah. whole thing. It really sucks, you know. Owen Hart, Bulldog, and Anvil, along with Brett, all kind of disappeared. Anvil came back and got kicked in the balls by DX in China. That was funny. Most notably. I remember, <laughs> right. I remember that a lot. But we never saw Anvil again after that, and we never saw Bulldog again. However, Owen Hart, at the December pay-per-view, the DX in your house, where Michaels had that crappy match with Shamrock. Yeah. Uh-huh. At, the, <laughs> at the end of that, who comes out of the crowd, hasn't been seen in the month, but Owen Hart in street clothes and beats the shit out of Shawn Michaels. Right, he comes out, uh, he's now the Black Hart. My God, it's Owen Hart! It's Owen Hart! What? Now, what did you think of that when it happened at the time, when I thought it was, was like, very awesome. exciting, right? Yeah, I was like, oh man, because... Owen, as much as for years he hated Brett, in that later period he was like, Mr. Brett, Mr. Right? Brett, I love my brother! I love the 180 Owen did yeah. after the Hart Foundation reunited. But in a horrible, annoying, like somehow he's annoying about it. Of course like, he is. He's annoying about hating him and he's annoying about liking him. He's the best! Watch his knee! Yeah. Like, remember all that? Watch his knee! <laughs> yeah, all that. Watch his Watch- knee, you idiot! So here comes Mr. Annoying Bret Hart Mark over here, yeah, Owen Hart. basically. And he's like, you screwed my brother! But the point is, is that, like, Owen was supposed to be a face, and he was. People right. cheered him. So Right, it was good. It was good because it was. this is right around the time where it was starting to become the Attitude Era, and DX had already been established, and it was raunchier and more edgy, you know, street street cred type uh, of storylines going on. NBA street. NBA over. street. Now, here's the thing is, I thought, this could have been the thing that really launched him. It's like, no more Brett. It's like, it's all up right. to Owen to, like, fix this shit. Little brother like, stepping up finally, revenge. right? Maybe he fights Sean and then he beats up Vince McMahon or something. Would like been awesome. Like, this would have all been great, and he would have been, like, he would have had a reason to do it. But here's what wound up happening. DX kind of just kept burying Owen Hart. That's where the Nugget nickname came right. from. The wrestling term is heels. You know what the worst thing about it was? Maybe is, not burying, but you know what I mean. You know what the worst thing for me is what? about it is that they had the crony Triple H do most of the bidding and always win. <laughs> That's the problem. So we've got Rumble and Sean's already lined up to fight the underwear taker. And then right. after that, he can't wrestle again. So, Which is unfortunate because I bet you maybe for February, no way out or something. Well, they would have been on opposing teams. Yeah, Maybe he could have fought. Owen or something. Well, I don't know. Remember the big main event of that Quinn was an eight man tag and it was supposed I didn't to even be remember that. Yeah. And it was supposed to be Michaels captaining the heel team, but you remember who they replaced him with? No. Savio Vega. Excuse me. You don't remember this? I don't remember any I it's actually really happened now that you say this. Yes. Is that I remember nothing of February nineteen ninety eight now that I'm like trying to like recall anything because everything just felt like we were marching towards Austin. Right, yeah. And marching towards eleven alive. Right. Eleven alive. <laughs> well, I yeah. think February is where it was like, You are heartbreak and all that. Yeah, it but, was like Mike Tyson stuff, Roz Abrams. Something with Kurgan. Yeah, I, something with Kurgan. It's yeah. true. But anyway, so unfortunately, yeah, they should have had them in a bigger feud, but you got to remember, Michaels gets injured at Rumble. So what right. the hell are they really going to do? He couldn't wrestle anyway. He did the one last match with Austin. I don't think he wrestled between so Rumble and WrestleMania. But um, So should I, they have? Yeah, but they weren't going now, to. Now, here's the thing. Would they have? After like, WrestleMania? Now, this is like almost like a two-part question here because like, okay, had Sean not gotten injured, right? would they have had Owen versus Sean prior to Austin? Like, would that be like, 
the thing they would do in the interim to keep them away from each other. I guess, but even so... Maybe in a twist, Austin helps Owen because now... Like yeah, because they're both face and they hate right. Sean. It would actually be cool if, like, in the middle of this, right, before Owen gets his hands on Sean, right, there's, like, some kind of attack Owen does or something, right? And maybe DX is double-teaming Owen, mm-hmm. and Austin makes the save surprisingly, and you're like, why is Austin helping a right, heart? Right, like, right. that's so weird. That would be weird. Right? I would think, though, that if you're going to do Michaels versus Owen before WrestleMania, then Michaels has to win. He does. He's defending but the title a way against to look, Austin. Make Owen look strong and well, and Sean look strong. I'm because, sure there I mean, was. We've seen things like that in the past. Like we talked about recently, our the Randy Savage Ultimate Warrior. How both of those looks. Both they guys did look going strong. out. Yeah, I'm sure there was a way. Right. I mean, I guess, but I don't know. I don't want to say things that I don't know in this specific case because I don't want to misinform anyone. I know you take us very seriously as journalists here, obviously, but. Right. I don't did the DX not want to work with Owen and that's why they kind of just like cast him aside in the way I they have no their promos. Idea. I don't know if that's because true or not. Because once Sean's gone, it's not like Triple H has the pull to be like no. be like I'm fuck Owen Hart, I don't want to work with him even though like he worked with him afterwards. He did, but I think the whole reason that the whole thing, the whole Triple H Owen feud just didn't work is because I know DX were the cool heels, but all they did was make fun of him and when you're a heel and you don't take your face opponent seriously and vice versa, there's no heat because they're just like, well, fuck you, Owen. You're a nugget. And he's the face. So he just wound up looking like a big dork. We talked but about here, WrestleMania 14. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing, too, is that ultimately, how do you look like a big deal when you're fighting Triple H <laughs> in 1999? I'm serious. Because yeah, I mean, he, you're he's not wrong. just a fucking stooge. It wasn't like until for Shawn Michaels. Yeah, like, yeah. He's nobody. It wasn't until after WrestleMania yeah, 14. I hate to break to everyone, but Triple H was garbage like under Shawn michaels like he was nothing he's a garbage well i know one tony chiricetti would agree with you don't worry about that but no it's true folks maybe and maybe you have a different perspective but as fans at the time yeah i remember thinking like why is michaels allowing this idiot to be with him right because yeah, that's my- what it always felt like <laughs> it, it really like, did it he, really did it was like china seemed more threatening <laughs> yeah. than triple h honestly here's the guy just making penis jokes like it's like <laughs> and poorly and, and, and you're like isn't he like a blue blood that would always like occur to me too i'd be like what about like his friends in connecticut well he stuff? wore the like, polo shirt still I get. Yeah, he was fancy. He, he was you're, fancy. You're right, but it just always came off as this dork who's trying to be cool, like he's with the cool guy. Yeah, that's what like, I always thought. Yeah, and it's just like, doesn't he have like his snotty friends? <laughs> right. You know, remember he went to fancy pants yeah. wrestling school. Of and all course that. he did like, with Killer Kowalski. Oh wait, that's I, real life. You know what? I'm not even joking about that. Like literally, yeah. Triple H's character was still like buried in my brain. As he was this, still like, a blue blood. It was yeah. coming out of it. Right. Exactly. But it was still in his roots as a character. Yeah. Uh, but my answer is, yeah, they should have put Owen in a bigger feud with Michaels. The problem was the timing. Because yeah. even if Michaels didn't get injured, they were clearly doing Michaels-Austin WrestleMania. It's also the timing and the surrounding stuff. Yeah. If you know you have to get to Austin, there's no way Owen do- can look like he's like this. Better than Michaels. Right, yeah. It's, you, it's impossible. You'd right. have to wait till after. So, yeah, maybe the answer's no, then. Maybe they should. I'm maybe retracting. no if Sean was hurt. Yes, if Sean wasn't hurt, because then maybe, maybe after they Sean done loses to Austin, he transitions into a feud with Owen. Yeah, which could have happened. I always thought, though, it always looked to me, if Michaels hadn't gotten injured, though, that they probably would have still done Sean versus Triple H with Sean turning face for the summer of 98. Oh, you think that? I really think I that would have happened. gone the other way. And he would have stayed heel? I think he would have stayed heel and really? he'd finish up business with Owen Hart. Okay, maybe. Like, That's an interesting I, I always thought like, there was something, there was room for that. 
Maybe. I don't know. That's a good question, actually. Who knows if Triple H would have even won at WrestleMania 14 had Sean not been hurt. Maybe he loses. They end that shit. Maybe. I don't know, Quinn. And Owen goes on to fight Sean because he beat the goon. It's possible. But folks, let us know what you think they could have done there if they could have done something different. But we have another question to take now, Quinn. We have time for two today. Yeah. Two-time. Two-time questions here. Uh, This one is from Rory McNamara. You might know him from the uh, Wrestling 20 Years Ago podcast, friend of the show. Is it 25 or 20? 20. Ah, 20. We should do the Wrestling 25 Years Ago (laughs) podcast. Just add five years on it. (laughs) Yeah. Wrestling 27 years ago. Uh, Rory's question here is, should Vince McMahon have accepted Eric Bischoff's challenge for a fight at Slambury 98. Now, I know you're going to disagree with me on this, but I say yes. I say no. Uh, All right, so Quinn is a yes, I'm a no. Backstory, of course, now. Yeah. Slambury 98 was May of 98. Big WCW pay-per-view. Did they induct any uh, legends? (laughs) I think there were some fucking old guy. I think they were done with that by 98. But that was one of their bigger pay-per-views in the 90s, WCWs. And in April, the month before, that was when WWF finally snapped the 83-week streak. I promise you will lose stand back. It was a couple of weeks after WrestleMania, the Austin Dude Love McMahon thing, right? But the competition is still very hot, and not only hot, Quinn, it was pretty heavy. Oh, very heavy. The most heaviest. It was very was something heavy. wrong with the gravitational pull? I don't know. <laughs> so, we have hot and heavy competition going on, and WCW is up to its uh, old tricks of trying to bury the WWF's name, you know, the, the same thing, and WWF's doing the same, blowing up CNN or whatever the hell they were doing. Remember Triple H in a tank, and that's what WWF won. Yes, tri- according to Triple H and Triple H only. Like He's like, yeah, we brought that tank, and then it was over. We won the whole thing. They, they surrendered. Everyone came out with a white flag. Uh, that was it. It was I like- saved WWF, because I'm the lord and master of everything. It was just like uh, the fall of Saigon, basically, yeah. you, know? <laughs> you know? Remember at, in the fall of Saigon when Triple H was on a tank? Yeah, Billy Gunn in, was in there. Saigon. Yeah, and Saigon, of yeah. course. DX invades Saigon. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, and one of the aspects of this war here, besides Vince sending DX down to the CNN Center and to WCW show, is Bischoff now is like, I'm going to challenge Vince McMahon to a fight at Slamboree. So they do the whole fucking song and dance with an entrance and everything, right? Yep. I don't know if it was, it was probably Buffer. Yeah. As the announcer, because, you know, they, of course. they love wasting money. And he announces Vince McMahon as the opponent, like from Stanford, Connecticut, 240-something pounds, whatever it was. From Stanford, Connecticut, ladies and gentlemen, here is the chief executive officer of Titan Sports, Mr. Vincent K. McMahon. And, of course, he doesn't come out because he's not an idiot. And Bischoff has declared the winner by forfeit. Now, okay. why do you think Vince should have actually showed okay. up to this? I got this? a couple of reasons. Go ahead. First of all, if it was a real fight, which I think that's what they were angling for, right? Like, it was like, yes. I, I'm just going to, let's take it out in the parking lot, basically, right? That was kind of what the yeah. challenge was. It's Except like, it was in the you ring. You know what? We really want to beat the shit out of each other, and I know you're not going to show up, but I'm challenging you to a real fight, right? Now, you think Bischoff knew this would never happen, right? It was right. all PR, But he, right? like, acted like like what he was... Because cha- they're not in the same company, so there's no coordination. So well, he's yeah. literally, like, saying to him on TV, it's like, no, let's have, like, a legit, like, <laughs> fist fight. Like, we're in high school or something, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, we're at a bar. Like, that's After literally what he, was, what he was doing, right? Yeah, of course. Now... Wrong song on the jukebox. Listen, there is no way in hell that Vince McMahon would lose a fist fight to Eric Bischoff. I'm sorry. Would you say no chance in hell, actually? No chance in hell. Because... Bischoff knew karate. It doesn't... Look at the two of them. Karate. Vince McMahon is ginormous under that suit. Taekwondo. 
All Vince would have to do one shot to the kisser there, and it would have been over. Yeah, but is there any proof of Vince McMahon as a fighter? No. In but, all seriousness? But he's crazy. True. He's fucking he, crazy. That is true. Like, he's like, he's nuts. He's nuts. And from what I understand, too, is that they had to stop him. From, stop like, him to from go. going? Is that true? Yes, that's been said. Like, Bruce had to, like, they had to, like, convince him because he was so fucking pissed off with him at that point. Tell me about that time that Vince McMahon was going to find Eric Bischoff yeah. and give us money. They, al- they always say, like, they had to talk him out of it. Basically. Really? Like, yeah. But now, okay, go why, ahead. Go ahead. why do I think it was a, it's a good idea? Even though... <laughs> it's not, but go ahead. Even though, yes, WCW will get a good buy rate on Slambury, whatever, right? Yeah, well, people had already bought but it anyway, not knowing if he would show up or not. People are going to want to see Raw the next night if Vince, especially if Vince loses or wins, because they're going to want to see what he has to say. Same with Bischoff. Yeah, but they're going to want to see Nitro too. Yeah, but now here's the thing: is that it's like a coin toss, right? And the WF's product was better then. Yes, so, WWE's was still I good think, though. I think that the the fans turning the channel to see what Vince has to say, maybe they'll stick around for Stone Cold. Yeah, it's I guess Quinn. You're but basically getting a free like. It's a, no. it's like a mulligan, and each side's getting like no, going to be seen, and then it's just like going to anyway. No, I, it helps WCW more. Vince was smart for not doing. It. WWF already had the captive audience by then. Who cares? It helps WWF zero to have Vince go on how a WCW pay per view. Legitimately, how many extra buys do you think they would have gained from that? Well, it was already bought. You got to remember, like they Slambury? didn't. You can order the pay-per-view the night of. Yeah, but you... they didn't know that Vince was going to show up or not. That was the whole appeal of it. And I, that wasn't the main that, event. See, honestly, that's one of those things. What was the main that's event? That's one of those things you would have heard in the news if, like, two company CEOs. Were in gonna... the news? Yes. If two company CEOs legitimately were like, I'm going to have a legit fight with you on national television. Well, maybe if it was Gates versus that, Jobs. That'd be but... like if, if Kellogg's and General Mills, like, their CEOs were like, we're going to have a fist fight in a wrestling ring. <laughs> that should have happened actually for yeah. for the record folks the main event is it, of Sl- list, is it by the way is it listed no. on the thing that Vince McMahon like lost to Eric Bischoff like, <laughs> no, in the no. record books or whatever no I don't believe so but for the record the uh, main event of Slambury 98 was uh, Sting and the Giant taking on the Outsiders for the tag titles just so you know cool but anyway I think that would have been an awful idea yeah <laughs> I mean come on Quinn I, I, it's only because I think Vince could have won like, I really think he had a legitimate shot of beating the shit out of Eric Bischoff. They're really going to let this happen live on pay-per-view? What would, like, That's a gamble for both companies. I think it's more of a gamble for Bischoff, though, because no. he looks really stupid if Vince McMahon, like, if just punches him in the fucking face. I think it would have been too good for WCW, regardless of the outcome, if Vince shows up on a WCW pay-per-view, that's a win for WCW. Of course Plain it is. Plain and simple. But so, I think it's short-sighted to think it is a win because, like, the fans would have still wanted to see what the fuck else was going to happen after it. That's what I mean. It's yeah, like, but on WCW programming more than a, anything. I think if any, the worst it could have been, the worst, Joe, yeah. is that it would have been a wash for both. Well, like, then why even do it? That's the only thing that some people might say is that, like, why do it because it would be a wash for both? But I say just for the entertainment sakes, fuck it, just give the fans what they want. Like, I don't think anyone's like, there's no winner out of that. 
Like just the fans, Quinn. Yeah, just the, only the fans win. Yeah, uh, get to see Bischoff get punched in the face. It's probably <laughs> well, that's worth, always worth, <laughs> worth the money. Well, uh, so Quinn's a yes on that. Surprisingly, I'm a no on that. But folks, let us know what you think of this and the Owen Hart Michaels thing, and be sure to send in your own questions for the Should They Have segment. You can find that on Facebook. If you need the link? Just let us know. You can also tweet at us at OVP Podcast or send us an email. But Quinn, when we come back, we're talking the IC title, and now this time around, we're talking the worst champions of all time according to the fans votes we are bringing in two names for the first round of the royal flush that is coming up right after this you know this whole thing started off just a personal issue between me and Degeneration X. That's right, you Hunter and Shawn Michaels in China. But it's become a whole lot more personal. And to give you an idea of how bad I want you at No Way Out of Texas, I got some lunatics in my corner. Real lunatics. I got Cactus Jack, Mankind, I don't know what the hell his name is, Terry Funk, and Stone Cold Steve Austin, a guy that I can't even trust in my corner. Well, the New Age Outlaws and Degeneration X, that's how bad I want all of you. And when I get you in Houston, Texas, I am going to destroy you because there is no way out. And I got three lunatics in my corner that want you equally as bad. And this has been building up every week. You guys are poking your nose in our business. And we're letting it all build up. We're saving it all. Because when we get to Houston, Texas, there is no way out. And we are going to get the job done. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast here for episode number 132 Happy June. It is June 3rd, 2019. And Quinn, we have a Patreon. Now, you know that. I think I know yeah, that. Yeah, the extra content and all that right, stuff. Right, all that extra stuff all, we do. All that extra stuff. Wait, now, we get paid for that? Well, if you want to, folks, you can pay us for oh, it. Oh, yeah, really? Now. Interesting. Here's the deal. Here's the philosophy. We do this show every single week, and it's always going to be free. Don't worry about it. We love doing the, the regular Monday show, right? Right. But what we've made available to you is if you want to give back to us, if you want to support the show, support our efforts, we uh, we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast, And there's only three tiers, and they're all cheap. Tell me how cheap they are. Okay. Well, for $2, you get to see the making of every Monday episode on video. Wait, so that's like two hours and 50 minutes yeah. or something every week, and yes. you're telling me I get that for only $2? $2 a month. Whoa! Man, that's like eight plus hours of content that's for $2 right. a month. Now, if you add $1 to that, so now we're talking $3 a month, not only do you get the weekly raw video, but you also get bi-weekly 1982, soon to be 1983, live reviews that's of Quinn and myself. Because... Wait a second. So you get all the shows that we've done. We yes. reviewed, what are we, in like November and we started in January? Yes, correct. You get all of that stuff yep. for $3. $3 a month. Yep. That's it? That's it. You're not pulling my leg. No, right? no leg pulling going no, on no. here. Wow. <laughs> That's like an hour every two weeks. You get two hours of us like brand new content. Yep. brand it's new not, content. It's not just behind the scenes no, or anything no, no. like that. It's actual new content. But you content. also get the, the behind the scenes something hours. Yep. Wow. Holy shit. And that also unlocks the past archives of OVP commentaries yep. as well. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, that. Remember and, when we did that? Yep, and the Rushmore Death Valley extras. Those are Incredible. also on there. So that's a shit ton of content, right? And then, yep, and then if you want to max out, it's only $5 a month. None of this $20 shit or any of that. Yeah. Five bucks. That's it. A so, month. So $5. That's the high. Now that's... Now, okay, Joe. 
Now we're getting pricey. What, what do I get for that? Well, not only do you get the raw video and not only do you get the uh, 1982s, but you also get once a month a WWF pay-per-view review. We're going in order. We have started at WrestleMania 1, and this month for June is WrestleMania 3, and that's a fully edited podcast. It's so like a real like show. A whole show yes. once a month yep. that's devoted to an entire pay-per-view, but it's a review. This is five what, bucks a, what a, month. a deal. $5, you get all that. Yep, and if you're not sold then don't be sold. It's okay. But if you're on the fence, if you're thinking about it, head on over right now to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Maybe just give it a shot for a month. See if you like the extra content. If you don't, we understand. It's okay. We're really, we're not trying to get rich doing this. Really, it's okay. We're just thankful that you're even listening to this show. And uh, with that, Quinn, it is time for the Royal Flush making its debut this season. So what we're doing, folks, if you're newer to the show, is uh, our new segment is Royal Rankings and Royal Flush. We alternate weeks. And what we've done is we have taken your submissions, the fans, voting on the top 10 and bottom 10 Intercontinental Champions of all time. This should be interesting. This should be. Last week, we started with the top Intercontinental Champions, which right now is Bret Hart and Razor Ramon. But this week is the Royal Flush, the worst Intercontinental Champions of all time. And we're going to figure out by the end of the season, who are the top 10 worst Intercontinental Champions? At least we'll know by the end of today who the worst Intercontinental that's Champion right. of all time is. As of week one, that's yeah. right. So without any further ado, I think it's time, Quinn, to go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Flush. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal And I'm the new Intercontinental Champion! When the Texas tornado says something, he backs it up. It's Mr. Ass, the premier, the primo, the perfect ass. Tonight, I'm going to show you once and all, once and for all, it was no fluke. As is written in the book of Ezekiel. It's the Royal Flush. Dean Douglas. Quinn, the worst Intercontinental Champions. Last week, we expounded upon the virtues of the best and why this title was so great. It was a great mid-card title for a lot of its run. Yeah, it was. Lots of classic matches, but... And it got the runs. <laughs> this week, we flushed two of the worst champions down the crapper. Why don't we just find out? I mean, I have yeah, no I more mean, talk. Is there, any way, is there anything else to say? No. These are, these are shitty champions. <laughs> right. So well, that's the first shitty one. Without any further ado, let's find out who drew number one. We're getting off on the right foot here, Quinn. It's the mm-hmm. Texas Tornado, Kerry Von Erich. Yep, it's it's him, all right. Now, uh, Mr. Intercontinental Champion himself, right? Yep. Now, while his win was uh, a nice moment, I suppose, his reign certainly wasn't. Let's get into this a little bit. Kerry Von Erich had come to the WF in July of 1990. Right. So that he was fresh when he won the title for Mr. Perfect at SummerSlam 90. Yep. You all may know... Mr. Perfect had not been gearing up to face Kerry Von Erich. In fact, wasn't prepared. Or yeah. whatever. <laughs> who was he supposed to face? None other than Brutus Beefcake. I will be the new champion. <laughs> yeah. What a package! And what happened to Brutus Beefcake? Well, on July Fourth, he was uh, parasailing with some buddies, including Brian Blair. That's your brony, Brian Blair. Brian Blair, right? And uh, you know what happens if you're Hogan or Beefcake and you do water sports is you get injured. Your face 
falls off or whatever. Pretty much. Now, it was it was a very serious accident. I don't want to downplay that. It really was. It really was. But it left a uh, gap in terms of Mr. Perfect's intercontinental champion would opponent you, for SummerSlam. wide enough for a tornado to fit through that gap? I would say so. I'd say Mr. Perfect and Bobby Heenan didn't have the storm cellar open because... So uh, re- they replaced a barber with a, a physical... Storm, a, pretty much like a natural a, disaster. An actual, yeah. <laughs> you just not because that's that's how things work, right? <laughs> so yeah, Pervin had been fighting, feuding with Beefcake all throughout 1990, and the WrestleMania six win was supposed to be like, all right, he has a shot of them. So this was going to be a big deal. And for what I understand, Beefcake was going to win the Intercontinental Title. He would be the new champion. He finally would be the new champion. Hulk Boulder or whatever. <laughs> Boulder Ed Bill. Boulder. Yeah. Oh, Boulder Bill. Yeah. <laughs> but no, no, no. Um, Water Sports intervened, and uh, Texas Tornado, who had just debuted recently, like a month earlier. Okay, when I first saw this, right? Yeah, go ahead. When I first saw this WrestleMania, or SummerSlam, SummerSlam, excuse 90. me, SummerSlam 90, right? Philadelphia Spectrum. I thought this was his debut, the way they, like, the way they act it about it. might as well have been. Yeah, they say, like, oh, he, they, we know him, and it's like, we have never seen him on anything, WF. I think uh, in the July Saturday Night's main event, he defeated Buddy Rose. What if a, I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah, blow away that's version. the blow away, Buddy Rose, yeah. right. Well, I'll tell you what, Terry Von Erich is definitely going to give up a weight advantage to Playboy Buddy Rose. Now, interesting bit of triviata for you here. Just say trivia, you pretentious trouser sniffer. Do you know who they originally wanted to be the replacement, but they, he couldn't get into the country in time? Wait, what? There was another replacement on top of... that. Yeah, before they chose Tornado, do you know who they wanted it to be? Um, someone that came back in October of ninety. October of ninety. Come on, Quinn. I Who can't... resurfaced in late nineteen ninety? Uh, no, I don't know. Really, British Bulldog. Oh, he's gonna fight him if he wants they, to or not. Or they, <laughs> he's gonna win whether he wants to or not. Uh, but the U.S. government wouldn't let him in. I guess he couldn't get a visa. You what know is how it goes. That about? A visa. Mean, but between like the U.K., that seems like interchangeable maybe like, he shouldn't it's not it's still a different country i get it but i mean like they just yeah, interchangeable uk is we're friendly with them we're right? friendly but you still Especially need to come back in 1990 yeah well you know margaret thatcher was coming down you yeah. know she she left at the end of 90 yeah. right was that, i thought she left earlier but nah, i don't, I don't know my british prime minister history what's wrong as, with you as much how do you not i just don't know you should anyway so it's tornado and they sell this as, like, the upset of a lifetime. It's a big deal. Mr. Perfect had been hot since winning the title in April, right, right. after WrestleMania six. Tornado wins it. Oh, wow! What a Nice little match. I have no problem with the fact that he won it, Came right? in like a tornado. He won it right away. <laughs> tornado punch, and then yep. he just swirled away with it. <laughs> and then he did nothing with it. Yeah. That did, was the problem. So... Did he ever defend it other than the defense where he lost it to Mr. Perfect? I don't know. That's the thing. And now, folks, you're probably wondering, how do you qualify a bad Intercontinental Champion? It's very simple. It's the opposite of what makes a good one. A good one has memorable defenses. A maybe, good rain. Yeah, a good rain. High quality matches, perhaps. Maybe multiple rains. Multiple rains, maybe. Uh, is promoted, does a lot for the belt, and vice versa. The belt does a lot for he the person. seems like he could be the world champion at any point. Correct. Kerry Von Erich was but a footnote here in terms of the Intercontinental title. And honestly, when he lost it back to Perfect in November, which aired in December because of DiBiase, like, was the guest ring announcer. Or something, it's real. No one even cares. So, Perfect's just the Intercontinental Champion again in December as if nothing happened. Well, and I that's mean, the point. Nothing happened. That's really. why it was a, a poor reign. Now, do you think that? 
part of that was due to his somewhat erratic personal life so, and his lack of I dependability. No, if this is true. I'm sure you'll say it isn't, but I've I've heard this somewhere on some WF tape or whatever DVD. You know those. Yeah, they never lie. What Steve Lombardi <laughs> on there? Somebody like that. You know the game with the caravan arc. That, that something like he threatened that like, or he didn't threaten as much as he kind of said. You know how he was in such a bad place in his life and that he really needed something good to happen. In ninety. Like, yeah, and that like they gave him the belt because they didn't want him to like do something to so. himself or no, something. I don't think that's true. Whether they said it or not, or you're misremembering because that's what I've heard. That's all I'm saying. I I think they were gonna get the belt off a of perfect one way or another. Why? Why not? For what reason? He was probably going to win it back from whomever eventually. It's not like he was going to beat Hulk Hogan or anything. No, definitely not. <laughs> so, like, why, why would you take the I don't know, because sometimes him? they did that. I guess. They have a face winning at a pay-per-view, usually SummerSlam. Wasn't and that big boss man thing starting around this time, too? Because well, wasn't the feud that was when Rude made fun of his mom? Yeah, but it was Rude. I don't know if Perfect was really going to be involved in that. Well, my question is, why didn't they just have big boss man beat perfect for the belt at SummerSlam 90. Or WrestleMania 7 is a good yeah, question too, Rick right? Rude was already like... In the world title scene there. Yeah, exactly. See, the fact that we have nothing to talk about about Tornado's run, to say. that is indicative of the fact that while his win was memorable, I'll give him that. I mean, it was. It was a memorable win. It was a feel-good moment. It was an upset. It was a surprise. Nothing happened once he had the title. Now, can I say this, though? You can say whatever because you want, Quinn. the win was actually fairly memorable and good yeah and there's not much to judge him off of does that make him a better bad intercontinental champion we'll have to see who he comes up against that's the thing because i don't know what else to say i mean like there's nothing to report really that's that's the thing all all there is to report is speculation on like who should who should that have been who should yeah exactly can you foresee or envision i guess Texas Tornado having like a lengthy good intercontinental oh, title yeah, run. Oh yeah, definitely. So Not, can I? The only thing is, is that he took a lot of drugs and stuff. Well, I mean, so unfortunately, yeah. There's really nothing. Like he was gone by that point. Like, but yeah. I could envision him as an intercontinental champion. He was, you know, kids liked him. He was, he was over. He's yeah, a good I mean, look, charismatic in a way. That, yeah, he looks like the Ultimate Warrior. No offense. In a lot of ways, and that's yeah. not a that's a compliment. In that time, yes. Me. I mean, it, it, that that could have been like he could have been the next Ultimate Warrior style Intercontinental Champion. This wild man, yeah. and, he, and he's cool. Kids love him, and and they teamed is, up sometimes him and Warrior on, right. on tag teams and stuff he like that. He kind of has like the same swishy boots, the and, same tasselly boots. Yeah. yeah, the same like little girl bike handlebar tassel yeah, boots. Yeah, exactly. So it's a, he he lined up. Well, he was the looking. Ultimate Warrior. Remember in '92? Remember right. that? Yeah, I he he was. <laughs> there was something good about him. And, there, and, honestly, there was. Just, there was a likable quality. Why they didn't run with it? Because it almost seemed like a happy accident, too, at the same time. It's like, well... Literally, yeah. He's here. He's he here. Can... He's over. He's a face. Let's give him a belt. Right. Him feud, But it was not to be. So that's a Texas tornado. I mean, there's, honestly, there's no. not much to report about that. Nothing else to report. Really. And that may be a theme. We'll have to see who else gets drawn, you know, over the coming weeks. That may be one of the major criteria. Remember, you guys voted this in. We didn't pick Tornado. One of the major criteria. Nothing really to say. I think that might be part of it. And... That's a reminder, is this is based on fan voting. Right. We're not sitting here choosing who to talk about each week. It's, it's true. literally the top 10 people that made the cut, and then we draw two random ones out. I'll say this. We got like 15 minutes out of out of somebody that <laughs> yeah. doesn't do anything. Yeah, really. That's true. Let's see now what we get out of number two. Well, Quinn, I don't know what he's saying really ever, but it's Ahmed Johnson. 
<laughs> a doogie boy. What? Now, Ahmed Johnson was, uh, we've talked about the disappointment factor in past, you know. Yeah, this rain should have been great. It really should have been great. I have nothing against, in all seriousness, Ahmed Johnson's intercontinental, like him winning it. I thought it was great. In 96, great. he was awesome. He was so this was over. Be- this was before it became a big joke about how he literally couldn't speak. And couldn't ever wrestle without injuring someone or getting injured. He just looked cool, like he had a cool look. He was, he was over as hell. Me, he was like... Like the British Bulldog was the big heel strong man, and like yeah. Ahmed Johnson came in and was like, "Whoa!" Like he's body even, slamming Yoko. I used to have discussions with my friend, like who's stronger, British Bulldog or Ahmed Johnson? Really I'm not did. kidding. You yeah. really had the, the discussion. We'd be like, "Who could lift up Yokozuna?" Like, we, would, <laughs> we would like have discussions. That's like that. awesome. Yeah. And Ahmed did a couple of times. He can. That was right. the fat, fat Yokozuna. Right. You know the but really we'd be, fat version. They'd always be in our brain, but but the might of the British Bulldog. You know, like <laughs> they would always hype up how strong he was because he could hold the suplex thing for a long time. It's probably the strongest wrestler in the WWE. Right. So it was always this like, okay, Ahmed's the new like force to and fight he, the British Bulldog. And when he debuted in uh, the fall of 95, I mean, he was a house of fire. He was so unique because he was a big guy that we hadn't seen, but he was agile. He would dive over the rope and shit. Oh, yeah. I like Ahmed. Honestly, I really do like Ahmed. I like this whole look. I like his look. You know, I know it sounds stupid, but at the time, this is one dumb thing that because like no wrestlers did this, but what? like the, all the kids were doing and it's like, Remember in the mid-90s, like, guys got, like, earrings? And I remember Ahmed Johnson had earrings on him. Like, what a badass. Like, he's fucking awesome. Is that around the time you had your earring? I got an earring back then, yes. Because <laughs> I thought that would be so cool. But, like, Ahmed Johnson seemed hip. And, like, <laughs> hip. And, like on, yeah, top real of, neat. on top of that, I remember, like, remember when we watched that live wire recently i remember like his get up being like really hip looking was too. it i don't remember what yeah like wearing. i mean swishy for, jacket for the 90s oh, like a that, pleather jacket I mean, you like that for the 90s i thought that was cool that's yeah, maybe it was cool. looking I don't back remember. it's really stupid but, <laughs> yeah like, but a lot of things I'm are just looking saying, back. like he just seemed so <laughs> with it with the kids like you know what i mean like he was he, happening yeah he was happening so i was like this guy would be a perfect champion you know was he all that and a bag of chips he might have had a bag of chips <laughs> Later on, he had several. He was definitely all that. Yeah. Was he ever on the show all that? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> Welcome to Good Burger. Yeah. So anyway, he just was a hot mid-carder throughout the uh, early months of 96, and finally he gets into this feud with Goldust, who had been the Intercontinental Champion since the Rumble. Yeah. I think there's also one other thing we didn't say about him, though. What? Is that he was new. Well, yeah. And he that, was new. And, and that's what... A new what, star. What seemed so big about him. Like, it, it was like, he was just like a new thing. Like, it yeah. wasn't this guy that we, we'd seen for years, like, or in a someone, tag team Yeah, or, or someone from WCW or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, he was just new. He was literally new, right? You rarely get that in wrestling. That's true. I mean, especially in the mid-90s yeah. WWF, it was usually people coming in from other places. Right, but and so here's Goldust, this big asshole. Who had defeated Razor at right. Rumble, and now Goldust, the big asshole, is going to fight Ahmed Johnson at King of the Ring, and this was like, all right. It's time. Let's get this belt off of Goldust. We want a new champion. A new generation, baby. Yep. And Ahmed kicks his ass. Yeah. It's awesome. Pearl River Plunge to him, right? Great win. Yeah. yeah. Pearl River Plunge. Great finisher, by the way. Great finisher. Double underhook power bump. Now, I always thought it was interesting because it was like, tri- it looked like it was Triple H's pedigree, but then he would lift him up. Yeah. Into a sit-out like, power bump. I was like, why bump? doesn't Triple H do that? I would always say as a kid. <laughs> like, that's so much better. It was better. Matt him up. Uh, now Ahmed's the fresh, hot, new Intercontinental Champion for the summer of 96. All right, things are heating up, you right, know what I mean? it seemed very exciting. It did, and then, of course, the kidney. Yes. The kidney. The kidney. <laughs> Farouk and the kidney. So Ahmed gets hurt. Yep, August 96, he's stripped of the IC title. 
again, he's lurking around too. That's the other thing, and more swishy pants. Yeah, that's the problem. Is like they have this feud, and this is after he's the champion, but it's kind of the fallout. He and Farouk have words with each other like for months because Ahmed can't wrestle. Gang warfare, Joe. That starts up in the late fall of '96. Yes. Yeah. And finally, they wrestle at Rumble '97. It takes like right. forever, well, and then it all comes shit. to a head at, at um, WrestleMania when in the match that like the kitchen it's after, sink, yeah, it's after Stone Cold and Bret, yes. and no one cares. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, literally, honestly, that match is fine. You know what? It's fine. And the funny thing is that I remember looking forward to it. I was like, oh, yeah. okay, like Ahmed's really gonna finally settle the score. He's with, got LOD. Who he's just got come LOD back. here. Who they're back and they're really badass. Yeah. remember they beat all those old guys up back right. in the day. So, and fuck Crush. Yeah, <laughs> fuck Crush. <laughs> like, Good. Like so, like they're really gonna get them, and it's a good match. It yeah. really is at yeah. WrestleMania 13. But nobody seems to care. No. And like I really think Ahmed's entire trajectory was ruined by this Intercontinental Title thing. Absolutely, by getting injured in the summer yeah. of '96 because he was on the rise. He could have been, in all seriousness, whether face or heel. After a good run at the IC, he could have been a world title contender. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was absolutely. It was almost implied. He yeah. was like, hanging out with Shawn Michaels when he was the champion yep, and yep, stuff. Exactly. And, like, he was, like, friends with Ultimate Warrior mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, like, Which is hard to do. I'm just saying that they closely associated him with the main event people. Like, absolutely. They, oh, they yeah. acted like he's in the mix. He was serious. He right. was a serious contender. But then the kidney thing happened, and that was it. And that's Ahmed's run. There's another one where there, there's not much to report. Is there any reason why they just dropped him like a bad habit or something? Sure. Like, like why? Like, why did they just, were they like, oh, fuck this. Like, like he, why wouldn't you just wait for him to come back, give him this big baby face, like it beats all oh. the heels up. Say, like, Farouk injured him. You know, Well, they did like, say that. Right. They say that, right? But, like, why just beat the shit out of Farouk and then move on? Because by the time he came back, it had been so long. Had it? It was like six months or something. That's a long time to well, wait. To a child, I mean, really, it is, to anyone. Nowadays, I feel like that wouldn't have been that long. Time. They and do it things also, differently now. If they hyped it up, like the whole time they kept updating you, like on Ahmed Johnson. Oh, they did, Quinn. I don't. What did they do wrong? That's what I don't understand. By the time Ahmed came back, and his '97 was so underwhelming with it. Yo, going down in the pants and everything, yeah. like the stripy pants. And then he <laughs> remember when he turned heel, and that was a big deal. That seemed big. And he joined the nation. I'm just trying Then to, he got injured. We're talking now. He's always I'm, injured. I'm just trying to figure out. That's like, why he was always injured. That's what went wrong. He kept just, getting injured. Here's the thing. On paper is all I'm saying. Injured. injured. I know injured, right? But on paper, they never, they didn't do wrong by him necessarily. Like They, they tried. didn't do wrong. They tried. But yeah. by the by the time he could wrestle again, it was just, it had passed him by. You know, like what was he before a wrestler? Like, is there a reason? Like, football he, player. So was were some of these injuries Cowboys. football related? Yeah, like, I think is he, that, that well, kind of why? I know that he fucked up his shoulder uh, when he was playing football, right? But I don't know if that was carried over in the wrestling. I don't know what the kid thing was like about. It seemed like it was so quick, and his body just fell apart. I know, like after like a year of pro wrestling, and right. like I, I never really looked into him or anything. So I just wondered, oh, maybe did he play some sport? Played and football, he fucked himself up in like. He did. It only took a year on the road in WF to really like mess his Maybe. body up. Just a sad case because he was um he was a big deal when he came in. People might forget that, but for the remember when shit, he went to WCW afterwards, Big T, yeah, yeah it was horrible. But for the shit saddled '96 WWF, he was a big deal. He was actually like he was he stood out right he you know, did. amongst he was some so of the shit. Different. He was, and his Intercontinental Title run had a lot of promise, like the Tornadoes did, but. 
He never the, changed the belt, though. I always bet it was still the gold belt. Still the like, they, like he was holding it for gold yeah. dust or something until the white one debuted when they uh, when Merrill won it in the tournament. Anyway, right. Quinn, that's Ahmed. That's the uh, Texas Tornado. It's ranking time. They both had big wins, right? Yeah. I mean, Tornado's they win did. is a big deal. They acted like both of these were big. And Tornado's was a surprise. Ahmed's really wasn't. I mean, everyone probably figured that Ahmed was winning, but it was a big deal. It was at the culmination. This guy's been here eight months, finally gets some gold, you know, yeah. beats Goldust. So they both had big mm-hmm. wins in, in crappy-ish matches. Right. <laughs> Another match was great. They both had very short title reigns with no memorable defenses. Yeah. Ahmed didn't even get to lose his in the ring. This is tough because I, I'm hard-pressed to say who's worse because it's very much the same. I see. Here's the see, thing. I, you, see, I think ahead. you're going to side with with Ahmed being worse just because. It's no, I think Tornado is worse. Oh, okay, really? Yeah. Okay. See, I thought you were going to immediately say Ahmed's worse because oh, I don't like that era as much. I don't like that era as much. Uh, I didn't see '90 live. Neither did you. We saw '96 live, obviously. So we were in that era. I don't know. Actually, let me think about that. Whose reign should have been better and was more disappointing? Ahmed's. Ahmed, yeah, I I really felt at the time that Ahmed was one of the the big. This was still when the new generation didn't seem like it was going to be an absolute failure. <laughs> there was no Attitude Era in sight. No, not when not in the summer of '96. So or- it felt like when they were talking about new generation, Ahmed felt like, "Whoa, this really is new generation. Like this is somebody we've never seen before." Right, of course. Like, and this he's a completely different type of superstar. He has a special move I've never seen in my life. True, and he's a big guy, but he does moves over the top rope. Right, and just he, he seemed cool agile, offense, and he looks like a yeah. badass. Right, and he he seemed hip. Yeah, to you. I'm just saying. To me, I thought he was the coolest shit. Let but- us know if you found Ahmed Johnson hip or not back in the '90s. I'm just saying, Quinn. You can, it's but all fun. this, all this stuff said, it's just <sighs> they're both poor talkers. Yeah, tornado's not a good promo either. When the wind maybe clears, Ahmed is the tornado be jumping. What? <laughs> maybe Ahmed is worse. Yeah, more disappointing. It is so disappointing. Shorter rain too. It's like you want it to be good, but it wasn't good. That's the, the tornado problem. was just nothing. Tornado was nothing. Yeah, this is tough because. But at least Tornado had like a, a complete circle. He won it, big deal, had the title. Probably, I'm sh- I know he defended it, just not like notably on TV or anything. Lost it to perfect. At least it, it's an arc and it completes, right? Mm-hmm. Ahmed wins it, big deal. You can tell they're angling for a big long-term run. Kidney beans. Kidney beans after six weeks. Right. So short. <sighs> And Listen, it, sh- it doesn't feel like it was, though. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it wa- he didn't do anything with it. Because remember, it wasn't the July 96 in your house. Wasn't he on that team with Sean and Sid? He didn't even defend it on pay-per-view. On some kind of team. Yeah, I don't think he even defended it, was, it on pay-per-view. So he never defended it and, at all. <laughs> I don't know. He must have defended it shows. a show or something. But yeah. no- nothing televised that I know of. Right. So is that worse? Because he should have been... You know, that you can tell they were going for a big thing, with whereas with Tornado... So I sort of... Hmm, I don't know who I blame for both of those reigns, actually. What was WF doing with Texas Tornado? See, like, I, don't, I don't know. If they were just going for, like, the pop the crowd, you know, have a surprise face champion for a few months. Anything, no, no. Maybe they were just going for, like, a, a, a brief switch. You know, they've done that before. You know, yeah. that's not too unprecedented. Just to change it up, maybe make Mr. Perfect look impressive or something. Yeah, but he's a two-time champion. Win it back, because, I mean, it seemed to me, anyway, that they were going for a long reign with Perfect one way or another. Right. Unless Buffcake, if Buffcake was going to win it, maybe he would have had it for a long time. I'm going to... 
I think Ahmed's more disappointing, but I think Texas Tornado's worse. How? Just because why? Like, why even do that? Well, because... It's just... It seems like it, it, it's impromptu just because Beefcake is not there. Here's why. Because you're building this match for months, right? And then all of a sudden, the guy that he's going to fight, you know, Beefcake, isn't there. You can't have someone come in and then just lose to Mr. Perfect, you know? I mean, you have to do something to compensate for the fact that I, Beefcake's not there. Do they have any inkling how long Beefcake would be out you know, Did, I don't know. I think they might have not known if he could wrestle again. Oh, it was a okay, very yeah. serious injury. Right. They, it really was. I mean, he could have, like, died kind of injury. Yeah, right? like, he it really was, like, really bad. It was really bad. So I don't know if they were... I don't know if they thought he was ever coming back. Hmm. He didn't wrestle again until 93. Then doesn't that make the tornado that much worse, then? Because it's just... It's like we're doing it because we were going to do it kind of thing. In a sense, yes, but... But he's not the real guy. But with Ahmed, they were angling... For this big freaking run, and it ended after six weeks due to injury. Yeah, do you know what I'm saying? But to me, that's no fault of the, anybody involved. Like mm, you true. can't control your kidney beans. <laughs> Just saying, <laughs> you can't tell them like don't get hurt. I guess not. It's internal. It's not like <laughs> yes. What, what was he supposed to do? I, <laughs> uh, I think Ahmed's worse because it's more disappointing. Plain and simple. Not because it's like you don't like Ahmed. It's I like just because, Ahmed. It's just because like you wanted it to be good. Uh, yeah, and it was shorter than Tornadoes too. Was the other thing? Yeah, but is that better in a sense? Because the tornado is it's so pointless. Like, <laughs> it is pointless. It's so pointless. And right. It's long and drawn, drawn out. It's like three or four months of pointlessness, right? Yeah. Whereas Ahmed's just never got a chance to get going. Yeah, at least they kind of like okay, we're going to move on. Like you know what I mean? They had hmm. Mark Marrow and like everything. <laughs> Ew, the wild, they did. The wild they, man. Yeah, the wild man, Mark Morrow. Huh, that's an interesting way to look at it, actually. Now, folks, of yeah. course, at any time you let us know what you think, who's worshiping it on Twitter, email us or join the group. But, all right, that's a different way to look at it. And I don't think the Intercontinental title recovered until Bret Hart a year later. After, I thought... After w- Texas... I, perfect listen, having it throughout I 91 always, was fine. I always thought the second reign of Mr. Perfect was very shitty. You're going to catch a lot of heat I for never your Mr. Perfect I can opinions. understand it. Please name me like all these classics that he had as Intercontinental Champion. We'll have I, to see if he makes the... Other the, than the Bret Hart match. We'll have to see if he makes the rankings list. It, everyone acts like he's like the greatest Intercontinental Champion, but I don't see it. It may be... Well, we'll talk about him another time, hopefully. Just because he looks like an Intercontinental Champion. Hey, that's part of it. The, uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, listen. Ahmed's was really, really short and never got a chance to get going. Tornadoes, I agree, you summed it up. It was pointless. It was pointless. Besides the Ahmed's big win. Ahmed's at least had a point. There was like a the, point they, to they, it. He was the guy they wanted to win. It's not like a Brutus Beefcake situation. Fine. Fair. Yeah. Shit. What do we do with this, though? I think Tornado's a little worse. Because it was so dumpy? It was just pointless. Okay, fine. I'm with you. Like, I've always... Okay. Remember, I've said that on this show before that I don't even see why Mr. Perfect should have lost the belt. Like, at all. Well, what if it was to Beefcake? Aren't you okay with that? I'm okay with that, but if Beefcake got hurt, then it's just, okay, have him just keep it. But yeah, but then, what do you do? This is a big match, at a, a marquee match at a pay-per-view. Have him fucking win. <laughs> Against whom? It's a, Just have him beat Texas Tornado and be like, oh, Mr. Perfect, even though he didn't prepare, he survived or whatever. What a good Intercontinental Champion. Like, ah, at a pay, that's a, well, I guess you, yeah, you could have done that. You're right. It's SummerSlam. It's not WrestleMania. That's They're, true. Okay, okay. They, they fucked up more when Big Bosom didn't beat him. <laughs> yeah, that was a fuck up, I don't man. know what that was. I guess because they already knew they were going with Did, Brett. But, but again, this is how I, how I keep saying, I'm going to, I don't care what people say online or whatever, but I think this, 
whole Mr. Perfect oh, thing God. is overblown. Oh, like, okay. There's some mistakes we're already pointing out, like the tornado thing and bosom. Like, well, I, I have an inkling that Perfect would make the rankings for the top 10. We'll see if he does. I'm sure he does. Yeah. Uh, but until then, is it time to unveil our top two worst Intercontinental Champions? Number one is definitely Tornado. Right? I'm going to go with Tornado. Okay. So, folks, for Royal Flush, week number one, the worst Intercontinental Champion of all time. Sorry, but it's the Texas Tornado, Kerry Von Erich. And at number two, Ahmed Johnson, because, you know, it's, it's, it's a toss-up. Hey, number two. Uh, hey, it's not number one. Let's he put worked, it that he way. He worked hard to be. He worked hard to, to not be the worst. All he did was sit around and, you know, <laughs> It got him that number two. Spot. That's right. But folks, let us know who you think is worse and why. You can do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us. Join the group if you haven't yet. But Quinn, when we come back, oh boy, we're entering the zone. That'll be coming up, folks. Right after this. Standing by right now for a word, Ahmed, who almost became Intercontinental Champion. Your efforts toward it again. What about? He's lost him. 316. What you did by putting your hands on me was entered the zone. My zone. See, my zone is kind of like an end zone. Once you're in there, you score. So you just scored on me. So now it's my turn to score on you. So Monday night, look out, because I'm the kick And now, back to our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, here for episode number 132. And Quinn, before we get to the zone, you know, before we get into that Just zone, stop calling it the zone. Please. <laughs> that's what it's called. Before we get into that zone, we want to mention there are other podcasts that you can check out. There's three that we're going to shout out here. Check out the wrestling podcast about nothing, hosted by two guys that have actually worked in the wrestling business. Unlike Quinn and myself, we are members of the wrestling media. We only work in the zone. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's hosted by a retired referee, Mike Crockett. We're not even going with the extended Just hiatus thing anymore. Enough, He's, he enough of that. He doesn't ref anymore. He used to be a ref. His he name is that, Mike Crockett. He had that one time out <laughs> yeah. of hiatus. <laughs> right. I'm pretty sure he's retired now. He's a nice guy. He's a really good guy, and he hosts a show with an actual wrestler from the actual Ring of Honor, the brawler, Brian Malone. Not retired. Not but, retired. And he's a Wine City Whaler. The Wine City Whaler. Now, these guys are great because they grew up as fans, so they'll bring that perspective in, but also, as people that have worked in the business and know people in the business, sometimes you'll get an interview or some inside perspective. Really cool show. It's the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Comes out on Mondays. Listen to it right after this. And also check it on Thursdays. That's a big day, Quinn. It's the biggest day, really. Not only is it one more day until Friday, but it's the day that Greetings from Allentown comes out. It's a wonderful podcast. It really it's is. It's critically acclaimed yep. by all the critics. Yep. One man hosted, too. Not two. Not two people. How do you get the one most man. critical acclaim and you you're be a one-man one man show? One man show. It's, it's impressive. It's, it really is. Little baby brother Petey Winston hosts a, uh, a retro romp different from ours because Petey will take one single solitary show of retro wrestling, and as he reviews it, 
he also focuses on things that have nothing to do with the show. You know, maybe current events in his life. Uh, baseball. Maybe New some England. old baseball. <laughs> New England related things. Uh, hockey is popular. Yeah. Uh, but check out Greetings from Allentown. It really is a fun show and uh, you can find it on the Pro Wrestling Only feed if you want to of a place to be. A hot <laughs> impression too. <laughs> yeah, very hot. Check out Greetings from Allentown. And also check out if you like your retro wrestling with a side of NASCAR, check out the <laughs> our Southern Fried Brethren south of that Mason-Dixon line. It is booking the territory with Mike Mills and his crew. They do a great show. They do two shows, actually. One is about the NWA slash WCW from the late 80s. Big slash. Big slash. NWO slash WCW also. <laughs> and the other one's about the Smoky Mountains. No smoke going on there, though. But I'm not just blowing smoke. Check out booking the territory with Mike Mills. So our three friends of the show. Wrestling podcast about nothing. Greetings from Allentown. Booking the territory with Mike Mills. Check them out. Support them. They are really good shows. But Quinn, we've got a zone to be entering here. Now, I feel that <sighs> backstory for all of this is appropriate. Oh, okay? Of course it is. Because, I mean, it's the zone, baby. And I know you like it when I explain things. I do like when you explain okay. things. Please explain uh, the action zone. Okay. It's not, not the discovery zone. No. <laughs> <laughs> not the danger zone yeah. either. Not long ago, we reviewed the final WWF All-American Wrestling, yes. if you recall. From Unfortunately. O- <laughs> now, that was October of 1994. Right. All-American had been a long-time staple for like 11 years on the USA Network, but by 94, it was essentially a really, really dumpy recap show with oh, yeah. Toad Petty Poop and Ted DiBiase. <laughs> yeah, Ted DiBiase, who, who's probably the MVP of the show. Right. Now, I'm pretty sure that what we're going to watch today is shot in that same damn studio. <laughs> probably Studio seven (laughs) studio b but anyway the following week after the last all-american was the first wf action zone but for the first year or so the action zone was more of like a syndicated show was on the usa network but it was more formatted like another syndicated show meaning so they acted like all these people gathering in an arena at 10 a.m right or whatever it was sunday morning 12 yeah to watch some shitty matches right and it was initially hosted by Vic mcmahon and todd pettengill at ringside doing commentary yeah, because every that's what everyone's doing on a sunday morning it's the <laughs> gathering in the market square arena to watch uh quang matches <laughs> and uh, sometimes charlie min would make an appearance and be oh. annoying yeah so this was the initial format of the action zone and i believe vince as he always does he cared about he, it yeah backs out of it after a few weeks it was probably jr replaced of him. course hi folks and uh but there were some cool matches in the very early days of the action zone but this drags on through 95 and eventually some elements of recap start filtering in. So it's no longer just matches. Some recap comes in. Now, September of 1995, Quinn, something very big in wrestling happened. WCW had launched the first Monday Nitro on September 4th, 95. Oh, yeah. Remember that show? So, oh, yeah, I've heard of it. <laughs> it's so popular. So it seems like it'd be a perfect time for WWF to revamp the action zone, right? We got oh, <laughs> to be really edgy now. <laughs> action zone. <laughs> so on September 10th, the week before the episode we're reviewing, there was a half hour, which we get to how dumb that was, yeah. a well, half hour <laughs> kind of preview of what was coming for the new fall season of the Action Zone. Uh, but here... On- Just, how, how is that a thing that's... Half hour? I think we need to discuss that right now. Okay. We're starting a new format. We're going to make this show all great, right? You're going to love it. Let's it's going to be cu- cutting edge. It. Cutting edge. It's going to you know, be... Hip. 
let's only give you half an hour. Yeah. Fuck that. Like, <laughs> let's not give you the whole experience. Why would I ever watch it again? <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you one thing, Quinn. The following week was the one-hour debut, and that's what we're doing here. It is September 17th, 1995. Context now. Nitro just started, right? Mm-hmm. But in the WF... In Your House 3 is coming up in a week. Oh, wow. way better than anything <laughs> WCW is doing right now. So the whole idea here, and we'll get into it, and we'll explain it as we go, is they have reformatted Action Zone into essentially a very shitty version of All-American Wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> they that, just went backwards. And like, it's like they think they're like Inside Edition or whatever. Yeah, or like, Talk Soup. Something with, like, detectives, or I don't know what's going on. There's this whisper voice. It's and, very strange. But basically, yeah. they went backwards, Quinn. Yeah. After this whole year of, like, we're going to have live matches again and all this. You mean live, live yeah. matches. They just went back to the two guys sitting at a set talking about stuff going on. The, the, the next Gorilla and Bobby. The, yep. The, the real... The next failed the real version su- of the this. The real successors, yep. right? They, I mean, it's them. These two guys. <laughs> yep. So here we go, folks. It is WWF Action Zone, September 17th, 19. 19- 95. Right off the bat, here we go. I'm asking Doc to torture me for an hour is what this feels like. I also need to mention that the Plex... Which like, is what Quinn watches this I, on. Because I, I import the, the tape onto my... Yeah. It's a whole process every yeah. week, and then I put it on my Plex thing, right? The preview image is Todd, like, laughing maniacally as Doc <laughs> gives, like, a sly smile. I posted the picture on the A couple board. weeks ago, yep. It's hideous. It's, a, it it's like they're just like, want to watch Action Zone? <laughs> Fuck you. And Quinn, we get that proud USA bumper to start. Yeah, 90s as fuck bumper. Oh, blocky and like very supposed to be hip. Very 90s. Uh, speaking of blocky, a block action zone logo flies at us as a sexy robot whisper lady says, Welcome to the zone. Welcome to the zone. And then Todd does some sultry narration of his own about what's to come. He really thinks he's clever with that. Get out of here! <laughs> Already, I don't want to watch. He, he just spoke a word. I'm done. Here's what we have going on. Backlund blows his top. DiBiase gets slopped. Wait, they're doing a poem, first of all? That's really annoying. <laughs> I didn't even notice that at first. <laughs> Harvey and Bertha. So this is a great episode already. Don't mm-hmm. ever say a bad word about Harvey and Bertha. Anyway, sexy robot whisper lady introduces our host, Todd and Doc, and even from the far away like ceiling shot, you can already see Doc dancing. <laughs> are, we, are they serious? <laughs> like, they might as well be giving me the finger while they're <laughs> dancing around. Well, Henry Godwin, they welcome us to the zone. We're already on longer than she's the sheriff. Wow. Welcome to the zone, folks. It's the Toddster and Doc. And Quinn, I gotta say, the glass table is very proud here. It's week two of the glass table, Joe. <laughs> your your favorite. This is what we call the action zone glass table era. They, they're is, sitting in a glass is table. The actual glass table yep. era. And you know the music's like like the dancing, all the dancing. It's 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 fucking horrible. Doc has a fuchsia colored suit over like a white nineteen twenties formal shirt. Purple, like he's sitting okay. on the Titanic or something. He is the Titanic of this show. <laughs> Todd has a camel-colored blazer over a 70s sofa pattern shirt. <laughs> he says last week was only a half hour because of tennis. Again, why would you debut? Why not just put, like, two shitty matches and being like, man, Action Zone really sucked. <laughs> like, when it, when it was like this, that's why this new glass table Action Zone's going to... Why would you do that to start a show? But, Quinn, this week Todd says we're going to get the whole sedu. This week you get the whole thing, the whole sedu. 
Excuse me? What is that? What is that? That's nothing. Am Did I you not mean skidoo? 23 skidoo? Yeah, like, yeah. What is a skidoo? A skidoo is nothing. <laughs> skidoo is something. 23. Twenty-three skidoo. Why didn't he say we'll give you the whole twenty-three skidoo? Because that would make this show horrible. Uh, they uh, think they're so hip too. That's like for the twenties. Well, so is Doc's shirt, and he said it wrong. <laughs> Someone's VCR craps out as they're talking. By the way, and we get a blue screen. I was honestly just hoping USA just saw this immediately and like cut it off. <laughs> like they were just like, the execs at CUS are yeah. like, what, "What is this doing on the Doc? Air? Cut this off, Doc Hendricks." Doc makes reference, Quinn, to ACDC while talking about Henry Godwin. Just don't ask, folks. You'll have These to hear it. fools <laughs> really think they're like Bill and Ted, but it's 1995 and it like isn't cool anymore. <laughs> like they think that this is what all the kids are doing. Bill and Ted yeah. things. Yeah, why don't they just start referencing Animal House while they're at it, you know? Like, for a second, I thought maybe they're thinking they're Beavis and Butthead, but no. it's no, it's it's definitely like Bill and Ted imitation because <laughs> yeah. they do it more than once. Yeah, they unfortunately do. Quinn, Gorilla Monsoon will also be in The Zone. I keep saying The Zone. It's not even a thing, The Zone. It's the second episode. <laughs> the Zone. They're trying to like make that Yeah, something. they're, try- they're like, shoehorning everyone's that. Everyone's going to call it The Zone. Yeah, right. They're not going to call it The Action Zone. All- they're going to call it The Fucking Zone. All all the kids tomorrow, you know, at recess are going to be talking about watching The Zone. You know, I watched The Zone yesterday. It was zony. Anyway, first, we take a look at Skip versus Hakushi. And let me clarify, as we've said here, this is, they're really going for like an MTV News Magazine type of feel or Talk Soup. Was Talk Soup on yet, by the way? Maybe. Yes. Yeah, because didn't, um, what's his face used to host it, right? Greg Kinnear. They're going for that, or maybe like sports centery. You know, I can't. They're definitely not sports with the well, whisper no. voice. Well, especially in '95. To me, like, that's like sixty minutes. <laughs> like the whisper voice. What? Is, <sighs> she's supposed to be a, a seductress, this robot lady whisperer. But Todd is also doing it. So that's is he like? Is he like a newsman? He's not talented. Uh, yeah. So whatever. I, the, I feel like all <laughs> this was his idea. This seems like the PLJ school of like production. It does, here. Like, right? I want to see the boat movie? Anyway, whatever they're going for. It's like if Primetime was on E! and it was hosted by a guy with an awful it's radio just show. It's just Primetime was shitty. That's yeah. what it is. That's all it is. <laughs> Seriously. It's if Primetime was shitty. That's the best way to sum this up. So anyway, Quinn, last weekend, Skip came out with his arm in a sling, and Rad Radford was following closely behind, and Todd does an awful voice while saying Rad Radford's name. Uh, again, with the Bill and Ted. Just stop. But take a look at this. Skip makes his way to the ring with his arm in a sling, along with grunge rocker Rad Radford at his side. I hope when Gorilla enters the zone, he just tells them both to stop. Like, a lot. Like, will you stop? <laughs> this used to be my show! I'll have you take it out of here, Doc! Sonny just blathers on the mic as Rad Radford does jumping jacks. That's Louis Spicoli, by the way. Uh, and Hakushi's not impressed. By the way, can someone explain to me why Sonny used to wear a thong over her spandex biker shorts like what yeah, is I that i kept i, I noticed know. it more this time a, for some reason i'm like what like why was that a look back then maybe i'm not really Honestly, sure you know what i think it is what? personally what it's like they wanted to push that the sunny is hot thing early right of course but it's 1995 so they right. can't really get away with that so they, they said wait well we can suggest that she's wearing a thong by putting the thong over, over her the biker shorts. shorts and then you're like oh i wonder what's uh-huh. underneath the biker shorts mm-hmm. yeah, ter- what, like what is under there like she's superman or something like you know how superman <laughs> wears his underpants over his she's just like super- she's just like superman <laughs> she's superwoman yeah lois and clark that one episode don't bring where that up. Lois please don't bring that super no lois that was a bad era that show dean kane so of course uh skip of course wasn't injured this is wrestling yeah and uh he attacks hakushi and jack dome gets all pissed <laughs> off then 
because this is 1995, Barry Horowitz runs out dressed like 80s Rob Lowe and he yeah. throws Skip into the ring. Vince sells this as if it's the most important thing ever, which I love Vince yeah. for, you know? Skip! Oh no, from the top! Hakushi! As Hakushi pins Skip, who wasn't even in the match. Big pop for that, though. Like, seriously, like, yeah. yeah. Honestly, surprisingly, I'm not opposed to this feud. No, it's fine. I actually enjoyed it, and it would always bother <laughs> I, I me know, that, me too. like, I always was like, man, I wish Skip and Barry Horowitz both came out of it strong. Like, that they, like, yeah. because they did great work. They like, actually this did. A, this is a great feud. There's really nothing wrong with the actual work being done. Right, yeah. It's just in a bad t- time for the WWF. Right. Seriously, they should have both been big after it. Yeah, I agree. And I have a few points to make here, too. First of all, leave it to the WWF to capitalize on the early 90s grunge movement like three years too late, as usual, with course, Rad Radford, of course, yeah. which is a dumb fucking Rad name. Rad Radford's essentially a jobber on top yes. of it. It's like, grunge is so popular, let's make him a big jobber. Yeah, let's let's have him do a Nirvana gimmick like a year after Kurt Cobain is dead. That's really on top of the ball there, guys. Now, do you think Rad Radford, personally, and on an aside here, yeah. do you think Rad Radford was, I always thought this, was he supposed to have a feed with Man Mountain Rock and it'd be like heavy metal <laughs> versus grunge? I, great question i like, never thought they were of that around at the same yes, time they and they sort of look similar like yeah they're fat you mean yeah I'm trying to say they're fat they're bigger fellas yeah no no offense to fat people they're yeah. it's fine also they did a very good job editing this little package here to make it look like it mattered and also i saw this when i was 10 me and too. it mattered i saw this live it mattered yeah, me too i was definitely i remember this whole i remember thinking it was incredible that they got hakushi involved in it yeah because, and he was a face now right and yeah. i was like man hakushi's like a badass yeah What's it was he cool doing? Futzing around with these guys. This awesome. feud must be a big deal. Yeah. Like if Hakushi is involved now. Because he fights Bret Hart and stuff. It's true. We come back and Doc pulls a Larry Zabisco and talks about a tangled web that we weave. Just no, just stop. He thinks he's fucking William Shakespeare or something. Like Doc is Doc is the worst part of this. I think Todd's worse. You think Todd? I, I think really they're both do. Bad, they're but both bad. Doc is something. He's something, all right. So Doc now recaps the big return of Monday Night Raw after two weeks of preemption due to uh, tennis, of course. The two-week preemption really makes them sound minor, doesn't it? I know. It? Well, we USA can Car- shut the whole show down for two weeks. <laughs> well, who does that? That's you, not how TV even works anyway. USA carried the, uh, carried the U.S. Open, so... Listen, you don't preempt something like wrestling. You preempt Ron Popeil commercials, <laughs> like... Not like a show that's been on your network for years. <laughs> well, anyway, Quinn, uh, this uh, big return of Raw included a big match with Razor versus Bulldog, which I got to say, two actual stars in 95. Not bad. Right. This is right after Bulldog's heel turn haircut combo that he had. Back and forth uh, action here, but the ref gets bumped. Razor hits the Razor's edge, but Ding Douglas runs out. Lands a forearm from the top rope in his jeans and then kicks the ass of the interfering one, two, three kid, which was amazing. <laughs> was like, kid tries to make the save and Douglas just kicks his ass. The jeans, like, made him more powerful. <laughs> cool Zach Morris teacher or whatever. <laughs> so, Bulldog hits the power slam and covers, but the kid comes in with a splash from the top. Bulldog moves. The kid nails Razor. 
the Bulldog gets the DQ can win I, anyway. Can I say this literally makes yeah. no sense? Kid hit Razor, so shouldn't Razor technically win by DQ, not the other way around? Maybe the ref like was judging the intent of the interference and was like, well, you hit him, but you were it trying to hit this. It doesn't work that way, though. It, it can. It, it matters where you land. Listen, this is Monsoon's administration, and he can make the damn rules, and he can I say... Mean, he makes up a bunch of shit during <laughs> this, actually. Yeah, he does. We'll get to that. And I got to admit, when the crowd was loud as hell for this, and that was not sweetened. Yeah, you know, they are really showing the stuff that is popular. Yeah, I guess they're doing fair. they're doing it wisely, right? Yeah. Uh, later on, Vince got Razor and Kid in the ring to talk about this whole fiasco here. Ugh, the beginning of Diaper Kid. This was so bad. They made Kid horrible, like, so fast. I don't think it was that bad. Why do you... Is it just because he lost one match where he wore a diaper? I that was, was like the end of the feud. Like, yeah. he literally was wearing a diaper right. with a big bottle crying yes. in the ring. That was a stipulation of the match, though. He didn't have to yell and scream like a baby. Well, though. he was upset. Why didn't he just, like, walk away in disgrace? He has to actually act out, like, somehow putting the diaper on him and giving them the bottle literally turns him into, like, a toddler. Well, because the people that book this were out of touch at this point of what people this wanted This is what to happens see. when you wear a diaper and you hold the bottle. You instantaneously, like, revert to the mind of a child. You should try it. See what happens. No, Do it live I'm, not, on the air. I'm not wearing a diaper. This isn't smart wrestling. <laughs> I'm not wiggly. Yeah. Anyway, Kid is pissed that Razor treats him like a little kid. I don't blame him. But his name is literally one, two, three, Kid. What's the? So what do you want to be treated as? <sighs> I don't know. It's, just his it's name, true. His name is the Kid. So he's an actual kid. That's like when Hornswoggle. They treat him like a kid because he's small. Have you seen him recently? He looks like AJ Styles. Yeah, he's got his haircut now. <laughs> That's funny. Remember, he's he's like the mayor of Munchkin Land under the under ring. the ring. Yeah, still he was also the anonymous GM. Don't right. forget that. Ever. And Vince McMahon's son. <laughs> no, Finley's son. Well, that was corrected. Then he was like Bradshaw's kid or something. <laughs> no, he was fit. I don't know. Something like that. So anyway, Kid challenges uh, Razor to a match, and Razor accepts, which is cool. I like Vince looking all appalled at this whole thing. Like, even though the kid is being reasonable, oh, yeah. and Razor is fine with this, yeah. too. He's like, this is this can't happen. Yeah. Like, kid just like, I'm sick of being treated like a kid, Razor. I can beat you. During all of yeah, that. Vince is like, he's like, like he, what? Yeah. What? And Razor's like, okay. I'll fight you, Chico. Yeah, it was like fine. I'm good with it, Chico. <laughs> yeah. But the fans want it, Chico. Like he, he's just good with it. That's the best and worst Razor impression I've ever heard. What do you mean? That's Please. how he talks. <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie, Quinn. I loved this feud at the time because Kid wasn't a heel yet. Well, I liked it at the beginning, but then yeah, at when the he beginning, gets the diaper. Then anyway, just Ra- so squandered. Razor also makes an allusion to Vince being the owner. He's like, "Yo, if you people want it, if you want it," he points at McMahon. He's right. like, "We'll do it." Now, I think that was completely accidental that time. That wasn't like them trying to be clever. I think it was Scott Hall improvising. Yeah, truthfully. Uh, uh, anyway, back to the glass table where the Toddster hypes up this big match for next week. They both pose like they're Razor. <laughs> it's I, so uh, some shit. It's, ah, they're so bad, Joe. What are they going for? Whatever they're trying to accomplish, they're not. What do you think they're going it's for? It's like Bill and Ted, but like in, when they're in their 30s or, or 40s. <laughs> 40s, maybe. yeah, in this like, case and with they, Doc. They, they still think Actually, they're Actually, they're cool. in their 30s. Like, because they keep quoting music and things like that. Yeah, but they're like, they're appealing to people that are like 28 at this point like the references they're making the references they're making but you know what they're doing the thing okay you know how nickelodeon in in this time like they had stuff like ren and stimpy yeah they think they're like that like we're gonna appeal to kids but we're gonna give the wink to the adults right but they're 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 just pissing off everybody it's, it's they they're acting too childish 
to like yeah, pull that off. They really are. It's I didn't so... think they were cool as a ten year old. No, either. I didn't either. <laughs> like, I was just like, who are these? Goofs? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like I was like, the wrestling is serious. So yeah, I love the wrestling. Even though this this year sucked, I did. I was into everything they've shown so far. I was into. Oh yeah. I'm yeah, not me too. Lie. It's just that these two idiots are horrible. They're yep. ass. And now uh, they say the zone way too many times as we have a new segment, WWF Recall. All these are just clips of old matches. What is this, like WCW Worldwide in 2001 again? <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah, he's like all proud. All it is is they show, coincidentally, yeah, quote unquote, it's the May 17th, 93 Raw. And uh, they're just showing when the kid beat Razor the first time. And there is, there is though, Quinn, epic music under it. I'll give them that. Well, it's like synth epic. It's it's Jim Johnston, I'm yeah, sure, right? Yeah, it's definitely Jim Johnston. <laughs> I don't know why, though. They're basically saying, hey, remember when Raw used to be good? Yeah, <laughs> yeah remember it was a good show. Now yeah. it's not. But Quinn's still to come. Bertha and Harvey. Well, Whisper says this. Filming the new Raw intro. Bob Backlund. Sits in a chair? All right, what? we'll see what that's all about. I, I but first, Kirstie Alley has nice hair, and so can you if you use Pantene Pro-V. And she did have good hair. I she did. On Cheers? She had really good hair on Cheers. You love her on Cheers. I do. I, I like Shelly Long better. I think it's underrated, the uh, Rebecca era. It's not bad. Yeah, I just think, because she's more goofy. She's Shelly more, Long's goofy. But Diane. But Kirstie Alley was, like, way over-the-top goofy. And well, she like, started like, serious and then right, declined kind into Kind of like it. in a Kramer kind of way. It's, like, just completely laughable, the situation yeah, she gets Yeah, I guess in. so. Next up, it's Victory Dance Camp, which is... um. Football players dancing stupidly in honor of Twix. How did that even turn into a Twix? <laughs> so, like, I was baffled by I that. I didn't know what that was. Yeah, yeah it turns out it's Twix. Uh, now, blonde 90s guy is dead fucking serious about how Old Spice is better than his old deodorant, and he couldn't even believe it, so you better dial 1-800-PROVE-IT. Yeah. So Amazing. serious. Incredible. Then we get an unnecessarily moody Levi's commercial that looks like a Beck music video. It's so hip, <laughs> It's just about pants. If anything, this is the hippest show. We got the the hip Toddster and Doxster and yeah. Levi's jeans that not really showing anything about <laughs> no. jeans. It's just like you can skateboard and stuff. <laughs> Maybe you're wearing jeans when you do that. Maybe you're not, though. Yeah. That's the thing. Uh, George Foreman with a promo for USA Tuesday Night Fights. Quinn, Larry Holmes is going to be fighting. He looks old as shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I like him, too, hell? but he looked old. Anyway, promo now for... Uh, <laughs> God, Forever Night about a vampire cop or something. I don't know. It was a USA original, one of those. I forgot this even existed. I I vaguely remember it. This is Nick. This is Nick at night. Remember that? That, They literally say that. He's a vampire cop. It's the same company, right? Viacom. They own USA and and Nick. Did they in 95? I thought it was NBC Universal. No, no, no. That was later. That was later. Universal owns USA now, but Viacom still owns Nickelodeon. You're right. They uh, sold that piece. That piece. Uh, back to the table now where the Docker and Todd are giggling stupidly. Remember that? They're like, heh, heh, heh. You have re-entered the zone. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the zone, folks! Uh, they're so hard. They're they, insufferable, They really too. are both bad. Uh, but they're all excited about how Raw was back last week. And to really make my day better, we cut to Shawn Michaels and Apollo in Chino shorts, <laughs> standing on the roof of Titan Towers, acting like an asshole. Why did everything have to be so cheesy back then? Like, yeah. Everything. <laughs> just, just absolutely cheesy. Welcome to Stanford, Connecticut. Home of the World Wrestling Federation and Titan Sports. It's just so they goofy. They come off like your parents. Like, not like wrestlers. Boom, you like, nailed it. There yeah. it is. We can end the show now. I, I, like, you did it. Like, the wrestlers, that's how they, that's literally, like, what I think of. It's like my parents in the 90s. You know what? That is brilliant. Yeah. That's how this comes off. It's like, in the embarrassing way. Like, your yeah. parents, your parents being embarrassing at Red Lobster or something. Right, but your parents, like, 
when they think they're cool, they're like referencing yeah. things from their time. But and, it's a little out. Yeah. And you're like, what? But they're also trying to be hip. Yep. Which is the total opposite of what 97, 98 was because yeah. Vince Russo sucks, obviously, but at least he was on, on, he doesn't, but at least he was on the pulse of the kids watching. Right. It's weird though, seeing your, these ki- these characters acting like your father and then like, <laughs> like only like a year later, they're so edgy and hip. Like they're Very completely like transformed. Yep. But Russo never wrote anything, didn't do anything. Yeah. They just all did this on their own. You're right. <laughs> yeah, it was just everyone, just nobody thought about it nope. at all. Just happened organically. Next, uh, David Zahadi explains how they thought of this new raw roof intro at 1am. It took like a meeting at like 1 a.m. to think this idea up they're like, they're like man we thought what if there was a ring on the roof wow what, what, genius what, like, what how many ideas came up before that like, <laughs> yeah what if there was a ring on the street it's so it's so random i know like, really random and then they act like it was some big like revelation right or something like this big group of geniuses vince is there you know god damn it we gotta come up with a new idea and we actually get to see uh, clips of it being put together and hauled up there, which is really that's, cool. Yeah, that's okay. And in an odd shot, I don't know if you caught this, Quinn. I saw this. Razor, Nash, and Fatu are doing the Wolfpack sign together. Yeah, but they're all like dancing around, Ooh! like hanging out. Yeah. Wasn't Fatu in the Bone Street crew? Isn't he crossing oh, yeah. enemy lines yeah. here with that shit? Now, is Bone Street signal the Wolfpack thing? I don't think so. I don't think they have this thing. It's probably the middle finger. Oh. That crew sucks. You hate like the Bone Undertaker Street. and the head oh, shrinkers oh, and the shit. The worst part about it is Paul Bear in shorts in most of the pictures. All fat, right? Yeah. With like his striped button-down shirt. Pasta or something. I don't know. It's just like... <laughs> pasta. It's terrible. Anyway, then we also see Doc dancing insufferably with a <sighs> raw band or whatever How bullshit. Did, can we escape a scene without Doc dancing in it? <laughs> He's danced on everything. That's true. Uh, hero director, though, Kerwin Silphies makes a cameo, which is nice. It's weird, too, to yeah. see him on camera. You I like very Kerwin. rarely get to see Kerwin on camera. And it, it is fitting on the All-American tribute show or whatever what that because kerwin was always in the background oh yeah, that. yeah. all american tribute show and then clearly the moment of the show quinn <sighs> it's kevin dunn wearing ridiculous sunglasses and a, a baseball outfielder so or shirt he explains that yeah. raw is the most unpredictable show on television his teeth explain <laughs> that to us like, he, he is so proud of those sports sunglasses they're, they're horrible, horrible. they're oh awful now you can tell quinn they were absolutely nervous about Nitro's big debut a couple right. of weeks earlier, and they figuring they have to change it. It's not a coincidence. It is, even if they don't admit it. But they did film this in advance of Nitro. I don't think so. I think this was just literally done. Like, don't they say something like they got like seven hours of footage out of this? Yeah, because this was like reused forever. Oh yeah, but shit. I'm saying I think yeah. Nitro debuted, and they're like, "Fuck, we better uh, look different for this fall season here." Vince and Kerwin are palling around for a while, which is very funny. You know, yeah, so much goofing around. It's still very mom and yeah, pop. It really yeah, it is. It really does come off that way. Hand down. Take a look at the socks. No, they're, they're only white. No, what have you been to go before, Kerwin? I'm doing my grass. My oh, okay. All right. They have this one building in yep. Stanford. This yep. is like, this is the entire company. Vince knows everybody still. Right. We, we we have to do it on the roof because we ain't going to rent a park out yeah. like, or something like <laughs> right. that. Like, yeah, it's nice. It's wholesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we get the helicopter footage, which, yeah, they've reused for the 97 intro, you know, and the woof woof and all that. Yeah, they recycled the crap out of this footage. Yeah, a lot of yeah. it. The, the kids running at the fence and all that. That was the DX entrance, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I think so. Are uh, you ready? Yep. Dun, dun, and then yeah. the cops. And anyway, a production assistant talks to George or Adam, one of them, about how the fans what? are going to rush to that fence. Yeah, it was one of them. George I could, or Adam are there? They, they always work there. They're not, like, just fans. They worked there. I didn't notice them. Yeah, I saw George or Adam. The one with the dark curly hair. Uh, he wasn't I think at that's the Royal George. Rumble yet? 
No, they, no, they weren't waiting for the rumble yet. Oh. Um, but anyway, yeah, they have seven hours of footage, Quinn, for a forty-second opening. They say, <laughs> yeah, totally worth the money for this half-dying company, right? <laughs> yeah, it's really. Like, let's, let's tape everyone seven hours, and like for back then, you had to pay for tape and shit. Too. Yeah, tape. Like, like it wasn't cheap, is what I'm it's saying. True. You know, no, you're right? They're probably they're recorded. Probably really over, expensive to do this. Maybe that's maybe they recorded over the Bret Hart Tom McGee match with that. <laughs> <laughs> and now let's just show the entire raw opening. Why not? You know? Wow, are you ready? <laughs> yeah. So this this song sucks, like yeah. you said, Quinn. And thankfully, they just go back to the original theme soon until '97. Like, is it just like? Seriously, <laughs> like that's they it's filmed horrible. all this great. Like, and the footage isn't bad. It's either. great, and, but they picked the worst. Song. They might as well have just had like Diesel Cool Undertaker. Yeah, like, seriously, just, like, over it. Like, like, why not? What the hell were they thinking? This generic, like, mid-tempo Jim Johnson no singing synthesized drum shit. Yeah, you what? know what I mean? It's horrible. It stinks. Also, what was the deal with the Raw cheerleaders in the intro? Like, <laughs> I don't remember them on Raw yeah, ever. Well, what was that? Yeah, what what was that? Why were there cheerleaders? This is there wrestling. was no raw. Che- there was raw like girls with the placards. Yeah, but in the canon of raw, there's never there was been cheerleaders. Never cheerleaders. No, never. But Quinn, now it's time to talk about Sean versus Sid from last week. Which fun fact here? This would have been at SummerSlam '95, but they knew it would have sucked, so we got Razor instead. Well, that's good. But yeah, also, this was like a big feud after it like, was after, after the events of post WrestleMania yeah, '11. This, this should have been a big deal. This right? is finally the big blow off here. Back from softball. <laughs> Sean was back from his back or whatever. That yeah, whatever was a happened. Fake injury. The whatever. fake injury to take him off and repackage him as a yeah, face. Yeah. Package. You might know this is where Sean beat the big guy with three super kicks. That's this match. Yeah, this is the match that Bischoff like famously like spoiled. You know, Sean also had a babyface ponytail when the match started. Yes, he did. You know, what what, what, what are your opinions on that? I think he looks stupid. Yeah, you don't like it? (laughs) No, I don't like it. He gets rid of it halfway through the match, but it is kind of lame. It it looks dumb. Yeah. Uh, But Quinn, back to the glass table where Todd says that Doc can be like Shawn Michaels. Oh, God, no, please. So Doc runs off screen. Please don't dance. And he walks over to a green screen and spins the Shawn Michaels hat around while Todd does more sultry narration. Mm! Ladies and gentlemen, you are looking at Mr. Doc. The paparazzi snap furiously as the crowd whispers his name. Mr. Doc. Mr. Doc. Doc looks stupid twirling this dumbass hat. See, folks, I told you, Doc is literally the worst thing ever, always with the dancing and his fucking chin, and Todd doesn't stop whispering. Like, what is that? Why didn't they just call it the Whisper Zone? Whose idea was this combo? Whose idea was this show? It's all bad. I hate it. By the way, this pleather piece of shit was $25. And like, come on! You're damn right, I had it. <laughs> I had the Shawn Michaels hat. He didn't even have the gloves. <laughs> no, I know. That's the best part of the getup. I had the shitty sunglasses. They were also 25 bucks. But Quinn, we have Barry another... Barry would be proud, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. We have another segment coming up, Quinn. It's WWF stuff. Is that... Are they serious? Yeah. They couldn't think of anything else? That's really what it's called. WWF stuff. What even is WWF or WF stuff? WF stuff. Uh, but first, here's some trivia. Name the first three Intercontinental Champions. Quinn, you're up. Uh, Patterson, Patera, Pedro, right? Triple P, you got it. The Triple P. Yep, that's right. PPP. Uh, But, you know, we have some commercials here. Some kid's trying to use a photo booth at the beach, but he drops his quarter onto a lady's ass. (laughs) I thought that was so random. (laughs) Yeah, so random. Her meathead boyfriend chases him down the beach. However, 
He grabs a Milky Way, so he's fine. How did we end up there? Like, <laughs> some of the, like this is like that edgy era Them again. And Snicker, like, I know. Saw, like, and it's like it, <sighs> all the commercials have nothing to do with like what they're advertising. Yeah. It's just like some weird situation. Buy a Snickers. Yeah, you're like, in a predicament. Have yep, candy. Yeah, that's what it is. It seriously, fixes everything. Yep. Right? <laughs> uh, anyway, Brute Active Blue Deodorant. It has click control, Quinn. <laughs> that way, when you're climbing in hot weather or snowboarding in the sky, you'll be okay. Buy fucking deodorant. Like, yeah. what a weird, like, that snowboarding in the sky yeah, thing I was know. bizarre. Very bizarre. That's why you need this click shit. Now, by the way, I did wind up having this, and it was seriously the gooeyest deodorant ever. Actually, I had something to say to you about that that I didn't note down. <laughs> Excuse me. What was the deal back then with the deodorant that, like, the goo comes through, like, three holes I don't or know. Or what? It- <laughs> promo for wwf live events you get sean you get brett you get the undertaker you get mabel really king mabel <laughs> really? They, they, they couldn't fucking resist doc's here he's well, announcing this king mabel of course yeah. it's king mabel so, why wouldn't it not be king mabel it's always fucking king mabel if there's doc if there's todd there's fucking king mabel always go to the garden tonight a Shoprite commercial, and we hear from Tony Watt, who's been shopping there for two years. What a, what a fucking accomplishment, by the way! What, two uh, years. What a bizarre thing. To, let's fucking interview the actual shoppers. Like <laughs> they could be anybody. By the way, today you can get a six pack of Seven Up for ninety nine cents, but your price plus, and also Accelerate is on sale. Yeah, but what number headache does that one cover? <laughs> like seriously, All of them I thought right. Yeah, I, I I'm know. confused. Welcome back to the zone where uh, Todd wants Doc to answer the IC title question. So, so you know he'll be wrong, right? Of course. I mean, he's got to be. So we get Pat Patterson. Okay. Right. Okay. Good so far. Ken Patera. Okay. Good. He's got one more. Gorilla Monsoon in the 70s. Number three. Number three. Number three. Come on. Come on. Come on. Um, Gorilla Monsoon in the 70s in Madison Square Garden. Wrong. Is he fucking serious? You know he was just saying that, right? Is this like an excuse so he can transfer into like the gorilla, gorilla segment? The maybe gorilla segment. Uh, but Todd corrects him. No, it was Pedro. You were right, Quinn. Yeah. Uh, Todd then compares himself to Alex Trebek. Just stop. And then just he- just stop. Shuck on it, Trebek. And then he says he has a key to the trivia closet. And I, what? I'm wondering, is that the closet where Mooney and Hayes got the Star Trek suits it or whatever? Might be. <laughs> the same closet, so just right? Fucking around here. Like, this is, this is probably, nobody probably supervised this shit. <laughs> no. No you way, right? Right. But now we have another new segment. <laughs> so many new segments. It's it's new. It's, it's only the second episode, Jeff. It's called The Chair, and they compare it to Mike Wallace on 60 Minutes. Uh, and also, Quinn, rather fitting for 1995 WWF to name something after a means of execution. It's torture just to watch it. And they actually show a CGI wooden chair getting electrocuted. It's clearly done by the same person that did the In Your House graphic. It's like the same style. It's like all bright and cheery <laughs> with like an electric chair. For it's not like you're like, in the future they would do electric chairs, yes. but like on In Your House, like Beware of Death or whatever. Like, you know how it was in like 1999, like Undertaker <laughs> shoots electricity in it. They actually spent money on this, folks, by the way. Yeah, they did on like, these stupid graphics just here. For, just for this damn show. It's probably like... <laughs> 50% of the budget to do that. <laughs> but anyway, we've got some questions here from Mr. Backlund, who was in the chair. The first one is a party affiliation? What in the actual hell? Well, what am I watching, Joe? Quinn's answer is that he's an American, not a Democrat, not a Republican. Okay, so he's like a good politician. Yeah, I guess so, right? Okay, uh, so far, so good. So far, so good. Second question, why the bow tie? Well, the answer is very simple, because his hero, Sir Winston Churchill, wore one. <laughs> yeah, he also says Churchill has one on right now in his grave. <laughs> yeah, which is, like, maybe that's true. I mean, it's probably it true. It probably was, I, right? I'm sure they buried him in his bow tie. So far, these answers are fine, and Backlund's great here. He's yeah, playing he is it straight. Really good. He is. Next question, is America a well-read society? Red is my favorite color. 
<laughs> That's really good. That was funny. That one legitimately got me. Yeah, like on the, me too. I, I literally pause and like laughed really loud. <laughs> it's funny, like right? My neighbor probably heard me. I was like, <laughs> it was neighbor. that. Like it really like it caught me off guard. Yeah, that because was good I thought here. he was just gonna call people stupid. Right. And he just says red's my favorite. <laughs> That's pretty like, funny. Just bluntly, and then it just goes to the next thing. Now, by the way, I'm reading these, but these are just uh, questions are popping on the screen. No one's saying them. Right. It's just graphics. Next one. Foreign policy. Backlund says when they go to war, they're going to go to war to win, not be playing games with people's lives. Damn right, That's Backlund. right, Backlund. He all gets fired up now about politicians yeah. playing with American lives, and I love it, and I'm not going to pretend I don't. He's awesome here. You're talking, you're talking about American lives that those politicians are playing with. Your brothers and sisters are out there while these gentlemen on Capitol Hill are manipulating. Next question. How would you cut overspending? And now he just starts the answer already yelling. Yeah, he's still yelling from the last because clearly he's not seeing the cuts. So right. He's just going on. And he's he's saying that he's going to write up a plebiscite. Write up a plebiscite. Then the chair answers back like the the visual of the chair answers back and just says, what? <laughs> yeah. Instead of like a question. Yeah. And I legitimately yeah. like I lost my shit after that. A plebiscite. Yeah. Uh, final question. How do you spell potato? Now, I have a problem with this one because it's a Dan Quayle joke. Yeah, come on. Like, seriously. Wasn't that like 91 or 2 when he said that? Nobody even remember that by 95 anymore. Like, once again, outdated shit. Like, come on. How do you spell potato? They were doing so good with this segment. They really were. threw that at the end. And then his final, his answer there is, you sound like the West End of a southbound horse, which is not a phrase. He's, as always, mangling something. And then his last words are, do you have any more query for me? (laughs) It's amazing. He's good. Do you have any more query for me? Do you have any more query for me? That should be a t-shirt right there. Backlund was brilliant as the old man that thought he was smart but was just like out of touch he, he was so he was good. so out of touch but like in this very comedic way yeah and, he was good it, his timing his comedic timing was very good Brilliant. Now, that's something that people don't say yeah usually. he knew exactly what he was doing right this this is not very, like an accident very good stuff promotional consideration paid for by karate fighters well it wouldn't be 1995 without that no it would not win not uh, at all batman and robin on super nintendo i remember that game i didn't play it though mm-hmm. and slick 50 motor oil because, because wrestling. wrestling of course <laughs> it's motor oil it's gotta be wrestling wait slick 50 though what the fuck it, is it joe it doesn't matter don't ask questions they just they hit the quota on their motor oil slick 50 you have to have one motor oil commercial you do you're right uh back to the toddster as we talk about the henry goblin versus king kong bundy match recently Ew. i know why was bundy still there by why, the way why was bundy feuding with the great henry godwin what a waste of godwin <laughs> i know really anyway henry slapped a uh, dbs and then he slapped slapped bundy and this is right when henry goblin turned face here he's a fresh face here yep. he slaps dibiase again before this match but bundy attacks him from behind until eventually godwin pins king kong freaking bundy with a body slam it's also the ultra shitty body yeah. slam. he like almost like drops him on his head by accident I mean, he is a big guy right yeah. but uh, anyway. it looked poor it was poor dibiase angrily comes out with tatanka ew and comma to beat some hog ass here <sighs> fuck the million dollar corp still Seriously, going they're so so useless. By this uh, they point. are. Like, why are they? They can't even beat fucking Hog, <laughs> who's like a newly turned face. Yeah. See, we liked most of the stuff, but I did not like this at the time either. I did no. not care at all. To anything, be honest. They, anything they touched was bad. The corporation, yeah. awful. Yeah, absolutely awful. They made the Undertaker shitty for all of ninety five. Somehow, 
Yeah, so Bam Bam runs out to make the save. Yeah, in case you were interested. Uh, another guy. Aren't, no, but, and another guy being wasted. Fire yeah. coat Bam Bam Mr. era. Fire. Still to come, though, Bertha and Harvey and Gorilla Monsoon, but first, a farmer plants Skittles and a rainbow appears. There's Skittle seeds. Remember this? Yeah, I remember yeah, I, this. I, 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 this commercial was on a lot. Yeah. It, it went way beyond 1995. Yeah. Now, some girl drives an old, dirty truck to the laundromat, and everything will be fine because she uses bold detergent as a little kid happily looks on and her so, doing her laundry. Can I just comment on this commercial being yeah, really weird? Really weird. The, like, she's doing all this old timey stuff, like a 40s truck and all yeah. this. And they're talking about the internet. Yeah, I don't things. know if it's supposed to be like throw like this is great detergent like the good old days i don't it's understand like, it's simple to use it's not complicated like a computer <laughs> keyboard or something yeah maybe right yeah seriously it was weird need a battery go to pet boys only 39.95 for the pro start neat now a different 90s guy pontificates about how he also took the old spice endurance challenge and yeah his old deodorant fucking sucks compared to this. You know, this just reminded me of something randomly, Joe. Yeah. Remember how even, like, the schools were pushing deodorant back in the 90s? Like, the Kinda. Old Spice, because they used to give it to us for free. I never got no Old Spice for free. Oh, my school gave us what? Old Spice, and it was clearly, like, Old Spice, like, thinking, like, if we get them young, they'll use this deodorant, like, yeah, like th- right when they... Literally, it was, like, the age when they teach you, oh, you need deodorant now, because you're, you're like... You start to smell. Right, and, like... They sweaty had, asshole. They brought a fucking cardboard box out, and they all gave us Old Spice. And, like, looking back as, like, an adult, I'm wondering, I'm like, did Old Spice actually, like, approach the schools and offered us free maybe, sampler maybe, deodorant? Maybe, maybe. Like, how fucked up is that, that they tried to, like, insert themselves into, like, your routine, well, like, as soon as you're able to use it? My grandfather used it, so I was not interested. It smelled like a grandfather to me. No, I used it because it literally my school gave it to me, and I was like, oh, I like the smell of this, and then I just kept using it. I used to use uh, either Speed Stick or Right Guard. What are you two talking about? Robot Whisper Sexy Lady welcomes us back here. Do you think Sean is still flirting with her in the back? <laughs> Her name's Whisper Lady, right? <laughs> Whisper Lady, that's yeah. good. I like that. Uh, graphic here says, overheard. You're the best looking girl in the trailer park. Harvey Whippleman to Bertha Faye. The quotes, and title call. Title cars, they won't stop with it. And you know, that's not nice, them making fun of them. They were a very cute couple. It's supposed to be funny. They just happen to fall in love, and they can't help where they live. Give them a break, damn it. They're the Jack and Diane of of WF. Life goes on. Back to Buffcoat and Beaver here. Uh, We got this, was it Buffcoat and Beaver, or Beaver and something else? As Doc utters the phrase, If this trailer's rockin', don't come a knockin'. Just shut up. That's horrible. Just shut up, Doc. And then, yeah, this show is like a million years long by this point. I know. I feel like I've been watching for like six hours. And then Todd inexplicably does a Howard Cosell no! impression. Last week we gave you just a little bit. A mere smidgen, a muscle, if you will. Just no. Once again, the the references. Howard Cosell was dead. You're you're defending Doc somehow, like, and both of them are just equally. I'm shitty, not defending though. Doc. It, it's uh, horrible. Now we see the entire Harvey Wolfman and Bertha Fay and Love song, and we cut to whatever the hell in your house or wherever this was filmed, and we see a very touching video package, and these two. Including clips of Harvey happily cleaning his Bertha's WWF Women's Title. It's actually kind of cute, there's, to be honest. Yeah, they're with playing you. There's it nothing straight. Like, wrong with it. They're playing straight. So, like, why should I be mad about right. it? Right, Harvey and Bertha are just in love. This is from July, by the way. Now that I think about it, because it seems to be that exact same band that played for Jeff Jarrett or the Roadie what or whatever. Say. Yeah. I saw the guy with the fluffy hair <laughs> in the background and the serious backup singers with yeah. the dark clothes on. Right. So Harvey pays more spoken word tribute to his lady over the music, and this is nice. And I don't want to hear any shit from anyone. Oh my. Sweet Bertha Faye, what words could I ever possibly say 
to keep you here in these loving arms forever. I have no issue with any of yeah, this, I mean, honestly. I, the only thing I have an issue with is this was on a pay-per-view. Did it air on the pay-per-view, though? I don't remember. It had to. Maybe. Harvey loves her, though. It's just yeah. nice. Uh, and big motherfucking props, Quinn, to both of them for putting their everything into this and playing it entirely yeah, and straight. actually, on your note about did it air on the pay-per-view, if I recall, isn't this where Bertha won the belt or something? Uh, SummerSlam, I think oh, she won the SummerSlam? belt. Yeah, okay, because I, so. I thought they played this before she came out or I don't something. think so. Okay. But seriously, this might be the best thing Harvey Whippleman did in the WWF. It's true. Yeah, like it in all really seriousness. Good. Yeah, no, it's really good. It's fine. <laughs> and then he has a great line. He's like, I've never seen anybody in my whole life that looks as good sitting in the back of my truck. <laughs> Harvey asks the fans, isn't she beautiful? Boo! As Harvey jumps into her arms to close here. I thought this was very touching. There was really nothing like I'm not making wrong fun of with it. it. it I'm it, serious, too. It is funny that Harvey's like, kind of... Like, he's playing it up, though. He's, pl- he's yeah. so good here, though. Yeah. They must have, like, both of them were, let's, like, really be, like... Throw over- everything into it, well, yeah. They're being over the top to get on people's nerves because, like, anytime people get too, like, lovey-dovey yeah. in public, it's always, like, annoys people. It so- didn't get on my nerves. But I'm just saying, like, the two of them are, like, hamming it up. Oh, like, about, yeah. like, how much... It- it's great. And, like, but, and, but, of course, in the Harvey Bertha kind of way where she's, like, carrying yeah, of him course. and stuff. Yeah. The only bad thing about this whole thing is that it was probably a waste of Rhonda Singh as a wrestler... Yeah. You know, but what are you going to do? She got like a, like a, as far as women are concerned, like the most main event run you could possibly get. She had the title, yeah. whatever it meant back then. Right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, back to Todd and Doc, where they talk about how Lunder Blaze is going to be coming for Bertha Faye soon. And Todd throws to the Ross report. God, where Jim Ross. How long is this show? It's, there's so many things. <sighs> Jim Ross is in his office here. Now, he looks like a huge dork with the proud IBM Model M keyboard and his action zone screensaver on Windows 95. <laughs> and of course, another CRT in case the first one wasn't enough with like an action zone logo spin. Like a whole. Holy 90s. Like, jeez, his whole office is ridiculous. And JR recaps how Jim Cornette is a good manager, but he talks a lot. He also mentions, Quinn, that Diesel has only wrestled twice in SummerSlam due to injuries, and Shawn Michaels has been making appearances for 23 of the last 28 days. And, math. Well, lucky for him, he hasn't been to Syracuse yet. JR mentions that he likes Chinese food. His favorite meal is a happy family, but uh, the kid and Razor are not a happy family, Quinn. Yeah, so this is weird. So JR just mentioned the Chinese food thing, right? Yep. And they show Razor and Kid, like, from WrestleMania 11, and Kid is literally wearing the very, like, Chinese-looking gi. Like, <laughs> yeah. Almost like JR, like, lined up his joke with it. You know, folks, one of my favorite meals is called the Happy Family. Did, like, someone in the truck slip that in there? Like, like, did, like, or JR maybe didn't pick the clip, but, like, he said the Chinese food joke, yeah. and they're like, what is the most, like, Chinese clip we have? And it's like this. Like, it was just, like, what a bizarre choice. It's a good thing it didn't show Hakushi. Yeah. Because he's Japanese. Seriously, if they showed Hakushi fighting one, two, three kid or something, like, <laughs> oh, God. like imagine. Like, right after the Chinese or Mr. food Fuji. joke. So dumb. Uh, JR stirs up shit about Kid and Razor, comparing them to Hoss and Little Joe. I guess he just has to say hoss doesn't he who the hell is little from Joe? little house on the prairie or some shit isn't it you're a real goot it's from bonanza it's not the 70s well like, tell todd pettengill that too tell everyone involved in this <laughs> tell that. vince that yeah. jr blames dean douglas for the problems within the click which dean is douglas! which is funny because you know in real life the click hated him but 
<laughs> anyway, Paul Bearer recently talked to Gorilla Monsoon, which I thought was like a presidential meeting, but we'll find out here. Uh, JR says Paul Bear had a good point. Why does an undertaker keep fighting the, these like million dollar <laughs> Like, why is why? he doing this? Like, Paul Bear like actually brought this up is like, why are we not getting a title shot? Yeah. Like, which is like that for you, Joe, that's like yes. always your point. He right? keeps getting interrupted by the million dollar I'm goons. glad that they threw that in now. Yeah, actually. I know. At least, or at least JR did. You know, he made some of this shit up. Right. Now, they say that, you know, Paul Barrow recently talked to Gorilla. I thought they meant, like, he went to Gorilla's office. They show Gorilla in his, like, announcer tux interviewing Paul Barrow. Like, honestly, the president has to conduct interviews. Don't they have anyone else to do that? Well, to be honest Stan Lane. Can't Paul Barrow not go in, like, the light? Isn't he, like, a vampire or something? Like, what? The the powers, Jeff. He can go in the light. Remember he has that weird, like, place that they show in the vignettes? It's like a graveyard, and it's always cloudy. That's where it. he hangs out. He can go in the natural light. Oh, okay. I, I'm it's not, not Dracula. I'm not, I'm not sure He's not it, Dracula. If you want to, you can call the Superstar line, and you can hear an audio version of the Ross Report, you know, just shittier. And anyway, JR makes fun of Bertha Faye. Don't do that, you fucking asshole, before we go to commercial. Quinn, did you know the Stridex pads are bigger than Oxy and Clearasil? That's right, kids. Get the big zit rag for your shitty face. It's the, it's the era of this, Joe. Can't believe it's a, it. The pimple epidemic, you and, know. And now another unnecessarily moody Levi's commercial. An awkward gentleman named Phil Norris buys a sandwich, and then he talks about how great his Pontiac GMC dealership is. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. You know, buying a good sandwich is easy. Buying a new car ought to be just as easy. Well, I mean, he wants buying a car to be as easy as buying a sandwich, and I agree with I that. Agree. Because anytime you go to the dealership, why it's does it take like thing. fucking six hours to buy a car? Like, why can't you just be like, I want this one? Here's the it, price we do. Just fucking, fucking sell me the car. It. Like, why isn't it like, like you go to the store to buy a DVD or something? Like, you know what I mean? Like, why does have to, to give be, the paperwork why to why someone else? Negotiate? Some guy named Mark has to look at it yeah, first. I got to talk to the bank. There's, there's no way, by the way, that they talk to the bank. They might talk they, to they the just, bank. They put a phone with nobody on it, and they're like, okay, we can lower it this much. Yeah, maybe. Because the price is never what they say. But Mr. Sandwich here promises a haggle-free shopping experience, and then they just cut right through the bullshit there, Quinn. They just lower their prices right away, and then to sign off, he eats a sandwich. I'm fine with him. Good job, Phil Norris. Back to the zone as Todd wonders where the lady robot sexy voice is coming from. Uh, and, and then he does a Doc impression, which gets Doc all mad. Yeah, he's like, well. I wonder where that voice is coming from. My dressing room. Well, hey, I was just test driving it. Did I mention how much I hate these two? Yeah, you might have said that once or twice. They they really are annoying. Inner House 3 is coming up from that hotbed of wrestling, Quinn Saginaw, Michigan. That's for the (laughs) the wrestling hotbed of the world. (laughs) They're really like nothing at this point. They're nothing. It's bad. Uh, We throw to Gorilla Monsoon, who is green screen in front of a hideous presidential seal background. I swear it's clearly a JPEG wallpaper set to repeat on Windows (laughs) 95. I'm not even joking. I think you're right. Like It's literally like a square 4-3 of the logo, and then they hit that repeat repeat thing. It's terrible. So Doc butts in out of nowhere asking how Hakushi could pin skip before when he wasn't even in the match just shut up doc i don't care <laughs> and gorilla's like doc wake up this is the action zone not the twilight zone yeah d- gorilla doesn't care either <laughs> basically his point is like he doesn't give a shit he knew skip was full of crap so whatever okay yeah, it doesn't matter <laughs> he's like fuck you i don't care it really doesn't matter doc. no it doesn't uh todd wants to talk about the triple header match coming up in your house where wwf champ diesel and intercontinental champ Shawn michaels are facing the tag champions yoko and owen gorilla says he's going to be personally on hand and if someone deliberately tries to get counted at or dq'd 
He might strip them of their damn titles because fuck you, I'm Gorilla Monsoon. It's good. I know. Yeah. He's like, you're not fucking around here. I know if you're trying to get DQ'd, you're going to lose your ball anyway, you asshole. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's good. He basically said, like, <laughs> yeah. no, no, like, if you run away, you're fucked. He might as well have just said the contract says count outs, you lose your belt. Right. It's very Gorilla Monsoon of yeah. him, isn't he? He's like, I'm not stupid. <laughs> the only thing is, the, the more Gorilla Monsoon aspect of it is that he's not just going to put a stipulation, he's going to stand there and, and strip just, like, them. physically take your belt away. Yeah. <laughs> So Todd runs down more of the card, which includes Bret Hart versus John Pierre Lafitte. That'd be PCO. That was actually a really good match. It was. It, it really was, is. On paper, it looks like ass. Though. Yeah, but it's actually good. Yeah. Uh, Razor Ramon versus Dean Douglas, which is a very not good match, of course. Dean Douglas. Plus three other incredible matches. I like that they don't even care to mention the other ones. They're just like they're so incredible. <laughs> okay, we promise. Them. We promise yeah. they'll be good. Now we get a promo for In Your House where some dorky kid answers the door for the smoking guns. And what the fuck? As always, they watch like sideways clips of wrestlers making entrances <laughs> and random moves. Why is it that any time they did one of these old pay-per-view promos, they always show awkward squash match clips? And also, how are the smoking guns watching themselves wrestle in a live pay-per-view? <laughs> did you notice that? Yeah, that's true. They're like, they're coming over to watch In Your House and they're like watching themselves. Uh, yeah. Supposed to be on In Your House. Squashing like Tim McNini from last year. What? <laughs> you know? But seriously, like, how can they watch themselves they wrestle? Is in your house pre taped? No. Also, why are the head shrinkers wrestling in this? When did they, they, they do this promo? Com- are they no. even in the company at this point? Fatu was already making a difference. Yeah, he, I they know. Were, he was, right? Barbarians in WCW. What are they doing? I don't understand. Now Mad Mountain Rock wanders in with what a bunch fuck? of women, and Ray Rougeau commentates the house party. I like this house party. It's very good. In your house. And of course, Dylan, the kid, is just sitting there the whole time by himself. Yeah, he's imagining the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, the wrestlers weren't really there, but see, when you watch it, it's like they're in your house. You it's get it? More in your house will make your kids lose their minds, like, literally. <laughs> Absolutely awful promo yeah. to promote this pay-per-view. And now we get an Oxy commercial that Quinn and I have seen recently on something else. I can't remember. Yeah, the one where the kid sucks at baseball Yeah, or remember? Yeah. And they're like, oh, it was a pimple and it's baseball. Yeah. But back to the zone now with the vignette for Goldust. He has a stupid hat on. <laughs> with the top hat, stupid. remember that? Stupid, yeah. And he quotes Night of the Living Dead. And the crickets are so fucking loud. And no, that's not like a joke about him not being over. They're literally cricket noises that are louder than him. That's yeah, really true. They call themselves the creatures of the nights. And apparently the whole point of this vignette is that Goldust doesn't like the Undertaker. Uh Which is, him- what a weird thing. Yeah. Because they didn't fight for like a year. Yeah. Uh, but the gimmick was different than anything they've been doing. I'm going to give them that. Mm-hmm. We come back with Doc imitating the Goldust breathing bit. How long is this show? <laughs> well, uh, we have another segment, Quinn. It's oh called, my God. It's called Jump Cuts. What? Jump Cuts? Just Jump Cuts? Yes. Who thinks of this shit? It's just literally three second clips like Jump Cuts. They're actual Jump Cuts? Of the latest Are goings they- on. Are they fucking serious? And Quinn, it's That's also, the best I can do! It's just a recap of what we already seen on the show already. It's not even anything! It's literally nothing. They did not need to do this. So we come back from that, and Doc is dancing hideously. Stop! <laughs> As Todd throws it to a promo for Mark Henry? Wait, he's yes! already? It's While he was head. weightlifting. We actually see him breaking the squat and the deadlift records, and I'm very happy for him. He's a really nice man. What a momentous occasion that they broke these records. It is. On cam. And I will not tolerate... <laughs> the they did, and I will not tolerate anything negative about Mark Henry. He's great. 
Yeah, it's true. I always appreciated the long game with Mark Henry. He, like, sucked for the first, like, five years, yeah. but was, like, great for the rest of his career. Yeah, I have no problem with yeah. Mark Henry. Hall of Famer Mark Henry. Uh, next, we see a Baby Ruth commercial about Babe Ruth, which is a little too on the nose. <laughs> it's, like, exactly. It's fucking irritating. <laughs> it's Babe Ruth! Oh! He Baby eats Baby Ruth! Ruth. Yeah. Like, it's like, what? what? Daisy Fuentes also uses Pantene Pro-V, and you should too. Nervous about going back to school? Well, you should be with your zits, you geek burger. Use Clearasil. Oh, there's the third one. Yep. The trifecta. <laughs> Putting off a date because of your zits? That's damn right, wedgie boy. Use Clearasil, you asshole. Okay, seriously, what is the deal with this pimple thing? I don't like, know. No other decade? So- much of it in no, the 90s no like, other time in the 90s just this time in the 90s right by the way clearasil like because the other two had like multiple commercials they had to get like a second yeah back like, to back back to back fucking ridiculous speaking of that another stupid baby ruth commercial yeah they get back to back also how was it able to repeat in the same ad break yeah, like, how is that possible it just made its debut and now it's repeating yeah. now we see a mafia man light a cigarette and pass it to uh pass an envelope to someone who drinks a glass of milk uh this person doesn't want the money he says he walks down a grim hallway down a dumpy elevator and gets his violin case ready and it's big daddy cool diesel ready to sign yep. pictures for the kids it's this one girl actually tries to pay him for this shit and he refuses you know come on he, he doesn't want money for autographs yeah, just right. no stop that's total bullet it's you not know how Kevin it Nash works. would take the buck I'm sure the <laughs> autograph people on our boards would tell you that that bullshit is fake I don't know we'll have to find out but I swear to shit Quinn this is now six months after the baseball strike ended and over a year after it began we get the World Wrestling Federation our athletes still care about their fans. Do they Do they still care about their fans? Do they even watch what they air on TV? Because it seems like they don't give a shit to me. Like, this is hideous. <sighs> Back to the zone four. Can we talk, which Doc says in a poor Joan Rivers imitation. Can we talk? Really? And then Todd does it too? Can we talk? Why with this segment, Joe? Why is it called that? That's like an it, 80s reference again. Is this over yet? No. Like, uh, here's the question for all the superstars. If you were on a desert island, what three things would you have with you? Dean Douglas says a survival kit. Howard Finkel says a CD player with lots of CDs. Bret Hart says oh, my favorite book. <laughs> I'd have to have my favorite book. Dean Douglas now says VCR. Sean checks. Bob Backlund, a library. And Fatu's like, you need food because you might get hungry. <laughs> Thinks has a digital satellite system so he can watch all of his sports. <laughs> Backlund, of course, a library. Michaels, chicks. Fatu, you need water because you might get thirsty. Fatu's the realist. <laughs> He's the best. Yeah. Bret Hart's like, you know, I'd like, I'd have to have all my U2 and Pearl Jam records. Just shut up. King butts in with, hey, Hitman. Duh. Which I don't know why. Just because. Because. Because he doesn't like Bret Hart. Yeah. Uh, Sean says, more chicks. And Backlund says, a library. Fatu says, I'd have to have my girlfriend on a desert island with me, which is very nice. Mm-hmm. Finkel says peace of mind, and Bret Hart says, I guess I'd have to have my wife and kids there. You know, if him and Sean kind of teamed up, Bret could feel right at home hanging out with Sean's wife, chicks. Wife and chicks. Yeah, there yeah. you go. King butts in again to say that the right answer is a boat. Yeah. And yeah, he's right. Am I the only one that's not an idiot around here, he says? Yeah, yeah. apparently. Doesn't King says this is a waste of time at some point? Yeah, at some point, because it is. Because it is a total waste of time. Back to the zone, Todd and Doc allegedly banter about Gilligan's Island and cars. Like, again, out of touch with their audience. Promo for Foreman for Real, which is an okay game on Super Nintendo. Tomorrow on Raw, Yokozuna and Owen Hart face off against Men on a Mission, and we see previews of the match because okay. Bill Watts, that's why. <sighs> That, that's seriously why. That's a Bill Watts thing when he came to work with them for a little bit. That they show the match before. Yeah, he used to do that in Mid South. I hate this so much. This bothered 
the shit out we of me. We see here. Razor and Kid also, right. by the way. Why would you sh- like for something I don't know, that you're trying it's weird, to like, right? pass off like it's live? Why would you like? Oh, here's the match already, and then they like bitch and moan because this is the next day. Like, no wonder Bischoff got the idea to split. They fucking showed it on well, TV the I next think, the night before. I think the thinking was if people already know it's taped, let's just give them a preview. I don't know if I like it or not. It's strange. Do you actually? You know what? I'm gonna propose something here that I didn't know. But here's the thing. Yes. Do you think that Bischoff actually, like, because he watched the product so that he'd be up on what happened, do you think perhaps he saw this and he was like, I got an idea. Why don't we just spoil the results? Because they're Maybe. fucking showing the results anyway. Possibly, Quinn. I don't know. But anyway, that's it, finally. Thankfully and mercifully, Todd and Doc signed the hell off. And you are now released from the zone. Bye-bye. See you next week. And I'll say it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, in all it's seriousness. Bag, it's honestly. a mixed bag. Some really corny shit. Anything involving Todd and Doc is horrible. Yeah, you know, reviewing it with you, actually. Okay. Too long. Way too much stuff. Even though it's a one-hour show, it's just too much stuff. The only good thing, actually, was Backlund. Uh, I like the raw intro, like the behind the scenes. I like okay, behind-the-scenes footage. But most of it sucked. Just a recap of Raw and Superstars I'm so Angles. I'm tired just reviewing Yeah, that was a long-ass review. But folks, thanks for sticking with us here. Let us know your thoughts if you've ever seen this episode of The Zone or if you want to see it. Don't we can, call it The Zone. We yeah. can make arrangements to send you the tape of The Zone. But until next time, thanks for being in our zone here of OVP. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter, of course, at OVP Podcast. You can email us, join the group, and uh, think about the Patreon. Would you go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Leave us a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. But until next time for episode number 133, we'll be out of the zone by then. I'm Joe Murata. That's Michael Quinn, and we will see you next week. See ya. Sir, I want to thank you for joining us here this week. Todd, Doc, thank you for having me. All right, now let's talk about the first ever triple header match in the no, world. No, no, wait, wait, wait. Okay, okay, okay. I just got to ask you, Gorilla. Earlier on, we all saw Skip from the Body Donnas come down to ringside with his arm in a sling. Right. He also had grunge rocker Rad, Rad Radford. Thank you. Right. Okay, he was by his side. He feigned an injury or said he had an injury. He's supposed to go against Hakushi. Then I heard the ring announcer. He said, now it will be Hakushi taking on. Rad Radford. All right. Then all of a sudden, Skip takes the arm out of a sling. He gets involved. The referee counts him down. Yeah. Uh, hello, help me out here. Who won? I mean, why? Doc, this is the action zone, not the twilight zone. Wake up. It was obvious to everyone, even Todd picked it up, that Skip and Sonny were trying to perpetrate some kind of a fraud. And it was obvious to the referee as well. And so, hey, one of the first things I did here in the World Wrestling Federation was give the officials absolute power just like I have. Their word is law. Do you have any more query for me?